Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's November the 12th, 2015. Hey, it's 11 2015, and it's time for my private audio call. And tonight, our special guest speaker is Carl Lentz, backed by popular demand. Hi, Carl. Hey. Glad to have you back. Um, now, uh, hopefully, your phone will last at least an hour or two. And um, you can tell us what's new. Now, you you started to tell me before uh, we started recording, but uh, go ahead and tell us you went to Washington, D.C. You put a picture of yourself and a woman up on your website. You guys went to Washington, D.C. Why? Because she... Um asked me to come on up there and give her a hand because her child was taken from her and um, things just, they just got out of hand for her. Carl, you got to speak into the, fo- the phone. Yeah, I guess my cell phone's got rails. My cell phone isn't going to be able to, I don't think, handle much tonight. But uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, I can now. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, no, she was she, trying to take her kids away? Somebody was so, Social services took her kids away. She, um, What she did is she was bringing one child to daycare and into the into the daycare building. And she left the other kid outside in the car. And then when she came back, somebody reported that she left the kid in the car. Hmm. Which sounds kind of silly. I mean, it wasn't like she was doing drugs or we're abandoning the child. Right, or drinking, or, right, she was went to a bar and left the kid or went into the grocery store. No, she dropped one kid off at the front of the school and, she, you know, left a brand-new baby in the car. Somebody, I guess, mm-hmm. figured she has to take both kids out of the car to walk one kid to day school. I don't know. But whatever, the, the, she, you know, it got snowballed. And, uh, they, you know, most people don't appreciate when, uh, I guess, Somebody comes around and says to them, you know, we have a report of neglect, or she probably just got a little, uh, uh, like, pull up people to probably go F off. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they probably uh, didn't appreciate that, so they took the kids, and uh, she went and took the kid back, and uh, she told the lawyer, don't bother looking for him, you know, it's not, not kidnapped, I got the kid. So then, obviously, the lawyer called up the police, and the police came and took the kid back from her. So things just got out of hand, I guess. Uh, so she gave me a call, I guess, now that the child was being put up for adoption. <coughs> and um, kind of late in the game to give me a call, but I guess it took a while, for a while to find me. Because <laughs> she's got money. She's not, they're not poor. She drove a brand-new one. Uh, like a SUV, minivan kind of thing, and the family lives in the Beltway, you know, inside of the D.C. Beltway, so anybody knows that any house in that D.C. Beltway goes for at least, you know, five, $600,000. They're not poor people. She's got a job. 
And uh, so it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, she's a black lady, you know, and uh, she's got a job and got money and they're still uh, doing this to her. So, um, oh, I don't think they care what color you are, or whether you've got money or not. If they can make uh, a I think if you're rich, I don't think if you're a rich white woman, I don't. I've never really seen a rich white woman in family court trying to get her child back. You know, mm-hmm. I've never seen that. I've seen you know, ninety percent of the women I see out there are black women. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I said, I don't think it seems to matter then if it's how much money they have. And like I said, I said the social workers that are doing it to her. Are, are also black, so it didn't make any sense to me. I said to her, I said, this doesn't make any sense to you. I said, yeah, you know, you got a good family, you got a good mom who came here, you got a sister who comes to court with you, you got a beautiful house here in D.C., and uh, it just doesn't make any sense why they're doing what they're doing to you. And um, it's just ridiculous. I mean, nice little lady. I mean, if you see a you go to my website. I'll, I'll tell my name on my website just because people might not have it on the radio, but it's at broadmind.org. And if you go to the home page, I think uh, that's the second picture on the web page now. Broadmind.org. <laughs> yes, just click on it. You can see um, the picture of the lady standing next to me. Click. And, um, go to my Carl Lentz link and then go directly to your website from there. <laughs> What's I'm going to my website and then I just click on the Carl Lentz link oh, and then I can go directly to the Broad Mind website from there I don't know oh, let's see. Let's okay see. I see it common law let's see court of record oh, let me go to the home page oh that is the home page oh I see her yeah so she's not like a big Big bruising lady. She oh, she's a little. T- what you got? Your damn these damn things. These videos play automatically. I hate that. Why do you do that? <laughs> because I can't be bothered to figure out how to shut them off. Well, there's a little checkbox when you put them up there that says automatically have them run, or you know, put them on a loop, or you know, have them start manually, and you just click the one that says have them start manually. Oh, you well, your first. beard is long. Yeah, you have a good website, then uh, you have a good service provider because it started up really quick. The it's, video yeah. started up really quick, so you must have a very fast server. You must have uh, a very fast service provider. Homestead. Yeah, well, see, that's what I'm saying. I use a cell phone, so when you said you click on a page, when I click on a page, it takes 20 minutes to see. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm on the Internet, and I've got broadband, so. Right, very fast. She is holding, it says here she is holding the proof in her hands. And we are going to restore her property. So what happened? Well, uh, it was a lot of fun because um, she had to go up there for um, the family court, obviously, put the child up for adoption. So she appealed it before she met me, which was fine. It just yeah. slows it down a little bit. <clears throat> but obviously she's going to lose She was probably her. frantic, afraid you, she was going to lose her kids. Jeez. Yeah. But like I said, the one good thing is that... Um, she um she filed an appeal, but obviously, like I said, she was gonna they take when you file an appeal, say from family court. Sometimes they just take it over to circuit court. They don't take it all the way to the court of appeals. They just take it over to circuit court, the next court up, like a real court. And the real court just takes a look at what family court did, what the family prosec- court prosecutors did, and they say no, nah, they followed the rules. They they're in full compliance with all of the rules. So um, 
the, the adoption is going to proceed. So I knew that's that's what they were going to say. Is there was nothing is else? Is that they what could, they did? Well, of course, there's nothing else they can say. That that's exactly what they have to say. I so totally before I even got there. I said, don't even think that family court is not abiding by the rules of how a child needs to be placed up for adoption. They have a they have you know like a scorecard, a score sheet. They they have a you know a plan. It's like yeah. Six mm-hmm. to nine months, this has to happen. The next six to nine months, this happens. The next six to twelve months, this happens. They follow it exactly according to the game Protocol. plan, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they're in full compliance with their game plan. They, they haven't done anything out of step. They've done everything perfect. <laughs> so of course, when you appeal it, what are you appealing? That they're not doing it according to their plan. Of course, they're doing it to their plan. They've, they've done it exactly perfect for their plan. So what are you appealing? You're wasting your time. But that's okay because it just slows everything down. And uh, so obviously the judge said, no, I don't see anything wrong with what they've done so far. Everything's been going according to plan. You know, the child's going to be adopted out from under you. That's that's their plan. It's going that way. It's going pretty good. So before we got there, though, um, I said to her, I said, "Um, you have to, she should have, but she didn't know me 21 days ago to do this. And she was trying to, uh, maybe she didn't know me 21 days ago, but whatever, she couldn't, she, there's no way in the world she could have done what I did. So she tried to write her own claim. She tried to establish her own court. And um, she was sending me paperwork and I was sending her, you know, correcting it. And I said, this is going nowhere. This lady has no clue what I'm doing. So, um, I said to myself, you know what? I said to her, I said, look, if it rains out, I'll drive on up there. I said, I'll take some time away from this farm. I really can't afford to get away from here. I'm so busy. But I said, if it's a rainy day, I'll I'll make an excuse to go and see it. So she got lucky. It was a cold, wet, rainy day. And I said, oh, well, you know what? This gives me an excuse to stay dry. I'll go in the car, take a four-hour ride, go, go see this lady up in court. So uh, she wrote some stuff and she sent it to me. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, just uh, she was trying to get help from other people who uh, listened to this call and it was just silly. So uh, when I got... It was silly. It was just silly. The the paperwork. It was like notice and claims and lawsuits and notice of claims. It was was just ridiculous. So I just said, "Just, just stop. You're just wasting my time. I said, I'll see you when I get up there. So when I got up there, we met at the Starbucks, and if it took me seven minutes to establish a court and write a claim, that would have been a long time. But we did it real fast. I said, here, just give me a paper. And it was funny. She knew that. We just used a scrap piece of paper of something. It was funny. I would do this a lot right on the back of a napkin at a restaurant. and say, that's all you have to do. All your credit cards are going to be taken care of. And people looked at me when I write on the back of a napkin. I said, that's all you got to do. And all the credit card debt goes away. And they go, holy cow, that was easy. I was like, well, it's kind of easy. But, you know, if they push you on it, you better know how to answer them. So I wrote it out for her real quick, what she needed to do. And uh, she went to the um, courthouse. It was hysterical, man. She she, she had to be at court at 2 o'clock. I think we got there at quarter to 3 because she missed the off-ramp. The off-ramp was closed. It, I was talking to Gus the whole way, laughing my, my ass off, saying, 
I'd be in court, you know, at 9 o'clock in the morning if I had to be there at 2 in the afternoon if my kid's being adopted out. Uh, this lady's funny. I said, uh, we're here. We're pulling into the park lot at quarter to three, and she's driving around for another 20 minutes looking for a parking spot. I said, she better hope there's a lot of other cases before her. And there was. So she got lucky. She was the last case called. I guess they seen that she was putting some crazy Iron Woman stuff in. They let her go last. So what was fun is that uh, I had established her court. You know, her name is uh, Molinera or something like that. M-O-O-L-A, like A-N-E-E-R, some crazy name, like Molinera. So uh, we established a court, you know, the Molinera court at <laughs> the district court, you know, up there in Washington, D.C. So obviously the, <laughs> the clerk of the court didn't appreciate that. You know, I was like, uh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> so obviously um, I said to her, I said, look, we're already going to have this problem. I said, I know what we're going to run into. It happens all the time. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to go call up their boss at the Capitol, at the state Capitol. And we're going to have their boss, like on speed dial, like number two, one, number two. We're going to hit the number, boof, and call up their boss. And we're going to call up their boss before we get there. And we're going to tell their boss, you know, we're going to have a problem filing a claim into a courthouse. We have a problem. Who? Wait a minute. Who's boss? Their boss. The court clerk's boss. The clerk of the court. Their who's boss. the clerk of the court's boss? That's right. So, we call now up who, the court. Now, who is the boss of the clerk of the court? Yeah, it depends. I ain't going to give you guys too many answers. <laughs> You're not going to answer my question. No, I'm not going to do that. Make you guys do some research. So we uh, call them up and uh, make sure that they know that we're probably going to have to call them back in 20, 30 minutes. So what was funny is, um, obviously, the clerk of the court gave her a hard time. So obviously, I told her, we go now to the building manager or to the court clerk. Not the clerk of the court, but the thought court clerk, the top guy or the top lady, the clerks. Because the lady at the window is just a clerk of the court. The court clerk is the court clerk. That's the top clerk. So the court clerk was a Mexican. And um, she just, uh, the lawyer started coming in, so she uh, talked to the guy. She said, come here, come here, let me, let, me, let me tell you something. And she just whispered at him, like, look, don't, uh, I'm having a problem with this court clerk over here, and I don't want too many people to hear this, but um, if you folks give me a hard time filing this claim into this courthouse today, I'm going to call your boss, and he's going to tell you that you've got to let me file my claim. So why don't you just let me file my claim so I don't have to call your boss and have your boss tell you to do your job? <clears throat> so he said, okay. You're know, like, yeah, like, yeah, no problem, lady. You're like, go ahead. You know, tell the court, look, you know, click the court, you know, take your paperwork. <laughs> so she paid her uh, $131, whatever So uh, now she's got her court <laughs> inside of that courthouse. So that's pretty amazing. You know, that's the Molinera court at that courthouse, not in that court, at that courthouse. So um, she says, now what can we do? I said, oh, now we're going to have a lot of fun. I said, now we're going to go to the man who's acting as a governor. It was the day before late um, Veterans Day. So I guess I was there Tuesday. It Wednesday was Veterans Day. I don't remember. Don't remember. Don't care. It was a couple of days ago. 
I said, well, he's open for business again the day after Veterans Day. I said, um, go knock on that door and just say you require him as a, the head chief public servant here of this Commonwealth, this state, to return your property that you support his subordinates have, you know, your property in their possession and you require him to inform his subordinates to give it back. And he's going to just smile at you and pat you on the head and say, yeah, you're cute, goodbye. And then you just take his name. And then you go over to the Attorney General's office and you take his name or her name. And I said, you go to the head of the social services and you, you knock on the door and they pat you on the head and they tell you to go play. And you take their name. Because now you've got your court. So now that you've got your court, all you're doing is going around getting names of this man who acts as the social service director, this man who acts as the attorney general, this man who acts as the governor. And you're going to have them all summons to your court and ask your public servants who acts as public all these people who are acting as public servants, why they didn't serve the public and why they didn't return the property. And why, when you call them out man to man, did they not hear the words of their fellow man? Because this is a Judeo-Christian land, and yes, you are your brother's keeper. Like if you see, if somebody pulls up in front of your house and their car's on fire, and you're watering your lawn, they say, can you give me the hose? It's like, no, I just want to take YouTube videos and watch your car burn. Well, you could get sued from the person whose car is getting burned down to the ground because you are your brother's keeper in this country, and you do have a good neighbor policy, and you are supposed to be a good Samaritan, and you are supposed to help. There's a lot of states that actually has that as a law. You could actually get arrested for not helping somebody when they need help. And you just sit there with a YouTube video, uh, a cell phone, and start taking YouTube videos. That, that's You go to jail for that in some states. So it's very serious, this Christian land, this Judeo-Christian belief. This is, uh, but most people don't realize that we're a Judeo-Christian land. They just think, hey, you know what? I don't got to do a damn thing. You know, mommy told me I don't have to do anything. I'm special. So most people don't realize that law. So especially if the man is a governor, if the man is a acting as an attorney general, they definitely should know this law, that this lady said, hey, I've been robbed. I've been stolen from. I, I've, it's been a theft. Help, help. they got to help. I said, oh, yeah, what's even more funny, I said, go to the sheriff's department. I said, he's really going to get a kick out of you when you say, hey, you know, I require the, the immediate return of my property, you know, and then you tell him. Don't, I said, don't talk to a desk, you know, desk sergeant. Don't talk to a deputy. Make an appointment if you have to to talk to the, the sheriff of the county. I said, make an appointment. Say he's a public servant and you require an audience with him. And I said, you talk to him directly. You say to him, there's been a theft and I require you to do your job. You stole my property. And he says, well, there's a court order. So, so I don't care what the order says of any court. I'm a woman and you return my property. Go get it for me. So I don't care what any order of a court says. Court doesn't speak. He said, you let me know if a man created that order, because I'm telling you, no man created that order. If a court created it, that's ridiculous. It's like a pine cone creating something. You're going to listen to a pine cone, you're going to listen to me. And he's going to pat you on the head and tell you, yeah, have a nice day, go play. <laughs> and uh, said, you put his name down, too. And you get them all for the good Samaritan law. But they all had the ability to help, yet they all turned their back and let you, you know, endure what you're going through. They said, this is going to be a lot of fun. Because there's no way in the world anybody could tell you you can't summon these people to appear. 
I said, well, it's a lot of fun right now. All she had on a piece of paper was the name of the social worker who knew where the kid, whether her property lied, and um, the head of social services. But see, she didn't put that down as the wrongdoers of the defendants. She didn't put down social worker lady. She did not put down Susie Cupcake, CPS director. She didn't do that. She just wrote Susie Cupcake and, you know, and, you know, Mary, Mary Lou, whatever. That's it. So, uh, it was, it was good because the court clerks never seen it coming. You know, it's just very simple. I said, get rid of all the silly borders on the paper, get rid of all the silly fingerprints that they put on these things. I said, get rid of all these silly Iron Woman stuff, just, just make it plain Jane as possible. So we could sneak it in there and they don't even realize that you're, they, you know, the people who are summonsing, you know, that the deputies are going to go around and handing them uh, subpoenas and summonses to appear are going to be in uh, the Molinera court at the district court. I said, that's a kick in the head because when they uh, ended up in Canada, as soon as uh, the folks up in Canada, Jesse and Jonathan, as soon as Jesse put her paperwork in, the court clerk immediately saw the first word was in. And she put a huge circle around it and crossed it out and she wrote the word at. <laughs> I actually have a copy of what that lady did to Jesse's, you know, claim. You can't touch somebody else's claim. That's like altering a United States uh, government document. You you can't alter somebody's paperwork. You know, so somebody called me up the other day and they said, well, you know, I'm filling out a passport and I'm crossing out all these things and I'm putting all these things instead. I said, you can't alter somebody else's document. I said, you just let that document sit the way, lay the way it is. I said, you want to create a different document? You do. I said, but you don't modify somebody else's document. Not without their consent. I said, that's ridiculous. I said, just because you're changing a federal document or an IRS document, it, it's, 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 it's ridiculous because the other side has got to consent to the agreed changes. You can't, you can't just say, well, I'm going to cross this out and I'm going to write this instead. That's ridiculous. It'll never hold up a court. So I said to her, just, um, I said, we're just going to, you know, you know, I was saying about that in and out of Jesse's paperwork. I couldn't believe the court clerk did that. And as soon as I saw that the court clerk did that, I wrote a hell of a letter to the uh, judge because they weren't going to let her court into that courthouse. And I wrote a hell of a letter. You know, I was, I was, Jesse and Jonathan read it on their show about two years ago now. And, uh, man, I was a little upset that the court clerk and judge, the head judge said, no, she had, the court can't come into this courthouse. So uh, the letter, I think, basically just read, well, that's fine that you won't uh, you're interfering with the right to access this courthouse with our court. I guess we'll have to use another public facility. Do you recommend the library or the town hall? Or do you remember, uh, do you recommend the town bingo hall? Uh, hall? You know, where do you recommend that we hold court if we can't bring our court to this public courthouse? We're members of the public, but if we can't use this courthouse, where would you suggest Something like that. It was it was funny, <laughs> you know. But it got to the point. Like you know, you, you're blocking a court from going into a courthouse. Oh, that that's special. And how do you propose you're going to do that? Uh, how do you propose that's a lawful approach to say uh, no? You can't bring a court into the courthouse. Really? Hmm. That doesn't make too much sense. You know, like, like a library. Like where am I going to bring these library books back to the public library? No, you can't come in here. Well, how am I going to? access this public library if you won't let me in. I need to use some library books. Well, you can't come here. 
really? So where do you recommend I go pick up the library books if you won't let me come in the library? Or you go meet me down in the 7-Eleven or, you know, you want to meet me at Starbucks? Where do you want to, how am I going to access these library books? So you can't deny somebody access to them. building, that's ridiculous. So, uh, like I said, she got it in and uh, she has the receipt and uh, so I took pictures of the receipt. But the receipt to me is more important than the actual uh, court that she established and the claim she established. The actual uh, receipt proves that the court clerk accepted the money and now the court clerk will be working for her. And uh, like I said, she only had two people on the on the claim. I said to her, I said, oh boy, I said, this is going to be fun. So she said, what? I said, you could put 10, 20, 100, 200 people down on the claim now. I said, you paid your $130? Go get a hundred, two hundred people summons to appear. Go, go ask everybody to help you bring back the kid. <laughs> They're all gonna spat you on the head and tell you, no, I'm not gonna help. And just put everybody down. She said, everybody. Said, everybody. <laughs> just put everybody down. And they all, and the court clerk now, she's gonna have to get the deputy, <laughs> and deputies are gonna be going all around the D.C. area, you know. And they're going to be handing out paperwork telling people to appear in the Molinera Court. <laughs> if you were going to say the Molinera Court, what the hell is mean divorce court, motor vehicle, traffic court? What? I never heard of the Molinera Court. It's like, well, maybe sure will. <laughs> and I'm telling you, she's the only woman that I've ever done this for in the United States. And uh, I guarantee she's probably the first woman in, in the history of the United States to have her own court. I can't imagine anybody else, any other woman that I could possibly write about that established her own court inside of a public courthouse. You know, I don't think they would ever teach a woman how to do that. So, uh, because it could get pretty ugly pretty quick because she would hold people in contempt and it could get pretty ugly for the other side. When they don't show up, she could have them brought to court whether they want to be there or not. So, uh, it's going to get interesting. You know, less like like when I was in court down in Alabama, and I, the judge they sent down from the Supreme Court, and I just asked them a simple question. I was establishing my court. I just asked them a simple question. I said, "When is this court open?" And he says, "Hmm, they sent me down here from the Supreme Court. I'm not really sure what the local rules are down here. Let me ask the bailiff. Hey, bailiff, when is this court open?" He says, "Um, uh, eight thirty to five, sir." And uh, he said to me, oh, Your Honor, I said, he's, the judge said, um, 8.30 to 5. I said, let me try, I'll, I'll try this one more time. And I said, I ain't going to ask you again. When is this court open? He said, um, 24-7. I said, 24-7, what? He said, 24-7, um, 365. I said, that's right. 24-7, this court is open. I said, when is this court in session? When I file the paperwork and when you're seated, he says, uh, when I take the bench, I said, that's right. And then I gave him a funny question that I knew was wrong. I said to him, said, so the term of this court is about six months? I knew it was a year. He says, no, it's a year. I said, that's right. It's a year. I said, I'm just testing it. See if you're just yesing me to death or if you think I'm being cute. I said, that's right. The term of the court is a year, isn't it? That's right. I said, now, when I want to evoke the court to have a hearing, when I want an emergency motion to be heard, when I summons you to appear, when must you appear? He was like, oh, let's be reasonable about this, Mr. Lance. I said, just ask the question. Just answer the question. I'm a very reasonable man. 
He says, well, I got my own court, my own court staff, and I got my own cases, and, you know, uh, you know, I'm a very busy man. I said, just answer the question. When I summoned you to appear, and that man over there who's acting as a prosecutor, and that lady over there who's acting as a guardian at litem, and that man over there, as, when I summoned you to appear, at, let's say Christmas Day at 3.07 a.m., what must you do? He said, let's be reasonable. I said, sir, I'm a very reasonable man. He said, uh, well, um, the sheriff, he's, uh, I said, I'm going to go to the sheriff. I'm going to ask you to summon him to appear. What, do, what are you going to do when the sheriff knocks on your door? He says, well, we'll appear. He says, I'll get dressed and I'll be down as fast as I can. I said, that's right. And what happened to this guy over here? He says, call life court. Oh, please. I ain't showing up for that. What's going to happen to him? He said, oh, the sheriff will go in there and drag him out. I said, that's right. And I was looking at the other side. Said, that's right. They'll drag you out. You will be in a lens court at 3.07 a.m. on Christmas Day. Well, that they're about. So I was just establishing the court and the rules, you know, and, and, the, and the judge says, well, I said, sir, well, you tell me, what would be reasonable for you? What would you say is be reasonable for me to sum this court? He says, well, can you give me two weeks? I said, two weeks, really? I said, sir, I said, I was just seeing if you had any empathy towards anybody else in this court. He said, all it seemed like you were concerned about was when you could appear. How about when everybody else can appear? Did you take that into consideration? He was like, hmm, I'm not sure where you're going with this. I said, how about, look look at me. Call Lens. Where do I live? I said, I live in Virginia. That's 600 miles away. What do I do? I said, I take care of a little ranch, a little farm over here going on. I said, it'd take me about, oh, about a month to close that place up, make sure all the animals and everybody's okay, and then I could get on the road and travel. So let's make it an immediate hearing would be, let's say, 30 days. Does that sound reasonable? He said, that's very reasonable. I said, yeah, I told you I'm a very reasonable man. I said, I know how to hold court, and I'm a very reasonable man. I said, you're going to see working with me is going to be a lot of fun. And then that's the judge who, after a while, just called me up to the bench, gave me his business card, and told me, look, let me make a ruling against you today. You've got to get this to the appellate court. You've got to get a copy of that case file. You've got to get a copy of that contract. You've got to get them to put it in writing what that contract means because I can't interpret the contract. This is, you know, I'm a third-party intervener. I can't get between you and the state with a contract that they don't wish. He said, this is the only way you're going to find out exactly what that contract means. He says, if you have a problem filing an appeal, he said, just call me up any time and I'll show you how to do it. And he, uh, he said, let me just put an order in. He said, meet me out in the hallway and I'll show, start showing you how to file an appeal. He said, I'm not sure what folder and what brief you got to put in first, he said, but I'll meet you out in the hallway. He said, just let me wrap this up and, you know, let's get out of here. So see, that's what I'm saying. If that lady knows how to move a court and she has empathy for the other people around her, like a king or a queen, like say a king, of England, or Queen of England, so Queen of England is even better, a 10-year-old girl, 12-year-old girl, she weighs 50, 60 pounds, and she's going to control this court of these big guys with these big swords. One guy could say, whoops, the sword slipped and chopped the head off, whoops, sorry about that, Queen, uh, you, you, you know, you were being a little bitch. Well, you better not be a little bitch, you better not be a little tyrant, because you know what, these people still have the guns. So, but they will let you play court they will let you hold the court. They will let you control the court and run the court. 
if they see that you're, you know, an honorable person, a decent person. But just because you have the court or you have the power to hold the court <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to keep it for very long if they say, this king or this queen is a lunatic. I'm not going to let this clown run me and run my life. You know, we're just going to turn our back and walk out of this guy's court. It's all voluntary. We don't have to stay here. We could all recuse ourselves. We could all just leave. And he's going to be in this court all by himself, this courthouse all by himself, and nobody's going to abide by any of his orders. Go ahead and let him execute these orders when it's a one-man show. So if you guys think you're going to get tyrannical and think you're a little tyrants and think you're going to get bossy and think you're going to slam things around and, you know, yell and shout, yeah, it, it ain't going to work. You guys are just going to be patted on the head and say, yeah, that's, that's awfully adorable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what, you're the queen. What happened with the lady and the kids in D.C.? What happened lady and the kids in D.C.? We just did it, what, yesterday, I said? The day before Veterans Day? Oh, so what's... Who, who, what, asked, that dumb, who, asked, who asked that dumb question? Someone had a chat board? Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, board? no, no, me. I'm just saying what's happening now in D.C. You're not following the story? <laughs> you're not listening to my story? The story's simple. Well, it's not that simple. simple. For you, it's yes, simple, it's, but for other people, yeah. it's not simple. It's a Tuesday. You know? We went there Monday or Tuesday, the day before Veterans Day, whatever day Veterans Day was. I think so Veterans what Day happens was, uh, next? So now she's, I told you what's happening next. She's got to go around and she's got to go get names. Okay. To, to make the claim against. She's got to go ask all these people for help. And all these people are going to pat her on the head and tell her to go play. Go play with herself. So this is unusual, right? This isn't normally what happens, right? Of course not. No no woman has ever had a court in the United States. Well, what about the woman in New Mexico? You told her to go tell them to return her property, and they did it. I mean, did she have to do everything that this woman? So she huh? didn't have her own court. She didn't have her own court. The lady in New Mexico didn't have her own court. Okay, but she was able to get in there and tell them right. to return her property, right? That's right. That's right. And it wasn't her that said it. It was the, the prosecutor who did. The prosecutor was the one who said to the court, look look at this notice. Look at this ridiculous notice. Yeah, let me read this ridiculous notice out to the court. Mm-hmm. He's, the one who, he's the one who opened Pandora's box, not her. He's the one who uttered the magic words, not her. He's the one who said, "Look, she doesn't do uh, she didn't do anger management. She hasn't done AA classes. She still has felony charges against her for fighting with the police, uh, for being drunk in public. Uh, and look, this is all she's done in four months. And look at this. I'm Maria Santiago, and the longer trespass, robbery, requiring the immediate return of property." I'll charge you a dollar a second until uh, the lawful uh, the possession turns to my you know the, the property returns to my possession. And the judge just said, uh, "Said you really going to charge us a dollar a second? And she's like, "Si, senor." And then the judge said, "The prosecutor, well, you know the law, return her property." And the prosecutor's like, "What?" Judge said, "You know the law. <laughs> you have to return her property. You just said the property was stolen. You you got to give it back." And the judge said that, and the prosecutor said, "That's ridiculous." And the judge said, "No, you're the one who said it." Okay, so what was the difference between that court and this other court in D.C.? I mean, the court well, in D.C. I was understand. family court. Because the family court in D.C., when she went to court and she said, you have to return my property, they just patted her on her head. And they just laughed on her. And she said, oh, yeah, your property. Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. The only problem is uh, we don't recognize the word property and we don't understand the word man or woman in this court. So mm, you're talking gibberish. We have no clue what you just said. 
So she didn't hold him liable as a man. She's just talking to a judge, and the judge does not hear the word man. The judge does not understand the word property. He doesn't understand it. He's like, hmm, property? I don't know what you're talking about. But they did in the other court in New Mexico. The the prosecuting attorney was the one who made the notice that there was a robbery. He was the one who said the the word. He he said property was stolen. He said a woman. He said those words. A judge ain't going to say the word property in family court. Mm-hmm. Prosecutor is not going to use the word property. He's going to use the word child or infant or or minor or whatever. But they're not going to. Use well, the I was under property. the impression ever, that you told you, her to go into that court and tell them that they were she ooh, the required Mexican. them to return her property. The Mexican lady. Yeah. The Mexican lady and her husband had a public defender, and the public defender said that's ridiculous. He says, I'm not going to waste my time saying that. He said, Are you going to say something like that? You should have said it a long time ago. The time for that has long been passed. So the public defender said, there's no way I'm saying that in court for you. So then the, so the prosecutor did. The I'm, prosecutor not, I'm was sorry, making I'm, fun I'm, of I'm confused. The prosecutor, I'm, I'm... the prosecutor was making fun of her. The, pro- the judge said, has this lady done anything to be into any compliance with what this family court ordered her to do three months ago. Has she done family classes? Has she done has she done anger management? Has she done drug assessments? Has she done AA classes? Has she taken care of the criminal charges against her? And the prosecutor said no. As a matter of fact, has she not only uh, really not done anything this court has ordered her to do? This is all she's done. This is the whole entire answer that this is the whole entire defense she has for everything, the whole thing. I'm Maria Santiago, and I claim the law of trespass to the robbery. I require me restoration of property. I'll charge a dollar a second for the property. That's a whole answer to this court. And then the judge looked at her and said, is that, are you really going to charge us a dollar a second? She said, si, senor. And then the judge said, we then return our property. The prosecutor is the one who said the woman, it's been robbed. The prosecutor is the one who said, restoration of property. The public defender, her public defender, wasn't going to do that for her. He said, hell no, I'm not saying that. So like I said, they were mocking her. The, the social service people were mocking her, laughing at her, saying, look what she's, look what she's asking for. Look. Look what mm-hmm. she's saying. That she's a woman and her property's been robbed. Oh, isn't this funny? The judge said, that's not funny. <laughs> you stupid clown. They're the one who just uttered those words and gee, guess what? <laughs> I got to do something about it. So, gee, isn't that special? But like I said, because if you the prosecutor and, brought it up, then the judge had to act on it. Yeah, because what happens when you just go to court, you go to their court, their court, their court, their court, their court, uh-huh. and you, yeah, their court. And I've been saying this like a parrot for ten thousand years now to mm-hmm. you people. When you walk into their court and you say the word "man," they look around like because you just said, uh, you just said. Uh, uh, that's what you just said. You just said, Now, if Japanese people listening to me on the show, they know exactly what I just said. But you have no clue when I say, So when you say, I'm a man, and I claim wrong, or I claim a trespass, they look at you like you said, What's, What the hell is, I'm a man, trespass, what? You're in the wrong court, asshole. What? This is legalese. This isn't Japanese court. This is legalese court. Did you say, you say, I'm a man, and I claim, a, I claim a trespass. We don't know what 
I am man and claim a trespass. So, uh, you, you know, you want a psychological evaluation clause? What's this? I am man claim the wrong of tre- what? What what the hell is I a dolkoekamaska? You know, hompenwa yanki deska. What the hell are you going on about? Well, we this is not Japanese. This is legalese. What what the hell are you crazy? What's your crazy language you're saying? And also, when you're going into their court, into their legal land, the real legalese, and you're still, uh, Chinese, and you're speaking Japanese, or Japanese speaking Chinese, they're looking at you like, what? You know, you're not. They don't have to answer you. You're not speaking legalese. You have okay. to speak legalese right. in their court. But right. but it isn't, go it back. isn't all Wait right. Wait it isn't all right because this is the ten thousandth time I've told you, you can't speak anything than legalese in their legal proceeding. You can't. Talk like a man in their legal proceeding. You can't do it. They can't hear it. They can't see it. They can't understand Well, then understand why did you tell her to go into that court and ask for them to return her property? No, she established her own court. So when she went into... Who said I told her to go into their court? In New Mexico. No, the lady in New Mexico, she put a notice into the court. Okay, she didn't state anything in court. She put a notice in. She was writing it directly to the man or any man or any woman on planet Earth. That's what the notice is. Any man, hear ye, hear ye. Any man or woman on planet Earth knows where my property is. I've been robbed, and I require my fellow man to return my property. If you know where my property is, give it back. Okay, that's a notice. Okay? Not a judicial notice. Not a notice to that court. It's a notice. See, that's what's funny. I got this great big, huge notice board that I picked up at an auction for like 15 bucks, a big bulletin board, an old-fashioned antique notice board. And that's what notice boards used to be. You used to go down to town hall, and you would take a, somebody would write you out, like, say you owed me 20 bucks, and I couldn't find you. And I'd say, okay, Angela owes me 20 bucks. This is a bill, a $20 bill. And that's exactly what it is. It's a $20 bill. It's a debt note, okay? A $20 bill is a debt note. Everybody knows a $20 bill is a debt note. So I'd get a bill from, I'd, get, I'd, I'd have an Angela saying, I owe call length, I owe you $20. And that's a $20 bill. And then I'd take it down to the court clerk and I'd say, you know what, a town clerck. And I'd say, hey, town clerk. Yeah, I'm going to find Angela. Anybody see Angela in town lately? No, nah, I ain't seen her. Okay, well, she owes me 20 bucks. Well, I haven't been able to collect her on this lady. So you know what? You mind if I put it up there on a notice board, up on a bulletin board, up on a billboard? You know, it's a big billboard big notice board. Can, can you put it up there for me? So I got one of these big old-fashioned billboards. I got one of these old, big old-fashioned notice boards sitting in my living room right now. It's a big, uh, solid wood, like cherry wood bull. And it's got this great huge piece of glass and a lock on it. So the, the county clerk would open up the bulletin board or the billboard or the no, notice board and she'd stick it on and she'd lock it up. So everybody who'd come through town would look at the notice board or look at the billboard and say, huh, who owes who money this week? Oh, look, Angela Stark owes call lens 20 bucks. Huh, well, I, oh, if we see her coming through town again, she wants to owe us $10 or $20. You know what? We're not going to let her borrow it. Why? Because she's got bad credit. Why? Because right here, she ain't paid call lens 20 bucks. So people are going to come through town, and Angela's going to come through town eventually and say, hey, hey, wh- you know, why won't you let me borrow 50 bucks? Well, we looked up in the billboard, and you will call $20 till you got a bill. Really? And they're like, oh, man. And so then what you would do is, if you can't find me, you'd go to the court clerk or the county clerk 
and you say, hey, hey, here's 20 bucks. Give this the call when you see him, but take that damn, you know, bill off that billboard and give me so that what, bill. So what, did she put her notice up on a billboard? Is that what you're That's saying? That's it is. When you give a notice, you're giving it to the world. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's what a newspaper is supposed to be. you got a notice section, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're supposed to put your notice in the newspaper. It could be the most stupidest bullshit newspaper in the world, but you put it into circulation. And they did still do that. that. Let you listen to me, okay? You're not listening. I'm listening, when, but you when, get carried when, away. No, you get carried away asking oh. questions when I'm talking. It's very simple. When social services, and anybody who's ever dealt with social services will tell you the fact, if you go into a case file that social services created to take your child and put it up for adoption or take your child and find out who the daddy is, you will see in that case file notices that they put in the local newspaper say if there's anybody who's making a claim for this child to make themselves known to the court because this child is going to be placed up for adoption. They did that with my children. If you look into the case file, you'll actually see in the legal notice section of the newspapers notice that this child is going to be placed up for adoption. If anybody wants to come and make a claim for this kid, come and make this claim known to the court by this date. They still do it. The government still uses legal notices to say when they're getting rid of your kids or your property. They still use legal notices. I don't use legal notices. I just make a flat-out notice. I just say notice, notice to the world. And a notice to the world is where you go to the county and you just take a notice on the bulletin board. Do I do all that silly nonsense? No. Why? Because not a damn person reads legal notices in newspapers anymore. Not a damn person goes down to the county and reads the notice board. I'm not wasting my time, your time, or your listeners' time. But when I put a notice into the court, and I have the court clerk read it, I have the court judge read it, I have the, the prosecutor read it, I have the other side read it, they know exactly what the hell I'm doing. Now, if you want to waste your money and put it in a local newspaper, go ahead and say, well, look, I put it in the in the Kalamazoo Gazette, and since nobody answered it, it stands as true. And go ahead and do a Dean Clifford thing and say, well, since nobody rebutted the presumption that stands as true, oh, bullshit, it ain't going to fly. You hand that man some paperwork directly say, hey, Bob, I'm giving you a notice. Have you noticed where my child is? You know where my property is? You know where my car is? Have you noticed that uh, you have any idea where it might be? You know, if you know where it is, you know you got to give it back, right? You know you got to help to get it back. That's my property. You, know, you do know that, right, Bob? Have a nice day, Bob. So when I write letters and I put notices in, I'm making it to that man and that woman directly. I'm just not ringing a bell walking down the street saying, hear ye, hear ye, all, you know, to take notice that my child has been taken. If anybody, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous. Nobody gives a shit about that. And you're a freak and you're a clown and you're sideshow. That's like a California thing. It's like, it's ridiculous. It ain't going to work. So I just do things that I know works. I'm going to talk to that man directly who knows exactly where my car is. I'm not going to put a notice up on a billboard in the middle of the county square, 300 miles from this guy, when I know exactly, he knows exactly what the hell I'm talking about. I said, look, I'm going to give you a notice. I'm telling you right now, I better get that property back. I mean, back in 15 minutes. So I don't get back in 15 minutes. The clock's going to start ticking. You could use and enjoy that property, but it's going to cost you. And that's the way I do it. Now, if you want to do those silly notices, I was telling you how it was done 200, 300, 500, 700, 900 years ago. That's how you took care of a bill. So then when you 
paid your twenty dollars to that court clerk lady or the county recorder lady or the county county whatever lady was she was or province lady she was who was ever in charge of that glass big piece of glass that put all those bills on that billboard, you gave her the twenty bucks. And she would give you back your twenty dollar bill. And you'd take your twenty dollar bill and you would destroy it. You wouldn't take your twenty dollar bill and put it in your pocket because if you're walking home and it fell out of your pocket and Susie Cupcake found your twenty dollar bill and says, I Angela Stark owe you twenty dollars she'd take it to the court clerk and she'd say, Hey, put this on the billboard. It's like what? Uh what, Angela owes you twenty bucks now too? Yep, she owes me twenty bucks too. And you say, Hey, hey, we say, how'd that bill get back on the board? Oh, I guess it must have fell out of your pocket. It's a debt note. You're supposed to destroy it. It's the same thing when I said people, I said, don't you people remember mortgage burning parties when people paid off their mortgage? They would take the mortgage note and they would burn it so nobody else could find it laying around and say, oh, you owe me $200,000 on a house. No, you destroy that damn note. You destroy that damn $20 bill. You're not supposed to keep it in your pocket. It's a debt note. See, that's what's funny. Nowadays, people are like, oh, wow, $20 bill. Woo-hoo. You know, I found a $100 bill. Yeah, that's right. You know, like now the U.S. government is supposed to owe you, the bearer of that note, $100. And it used to be $100 of silver, $100 in gold. Just come up to the United States government, you know, financial institution in your local whatever community, and we'll pay you in silver or gold for that note. We'll take that note back. Thank you. You know, then they'll put it back in circulation if they feel like it or destroy it. But that's what a note is, and that's what a bill is. So that's what I'm trying to explain to people, bills and notes, and you're just worried about one specific lady going to court in D.C., which I only met her for the very first time on Tuesday for about seven minutes at Starbucks before we had to go into a court. You brought so, it up. Huh? You brought it up. Brought what up? The lady in D.C. you were talking That's about. Right. All right. You if you listen to the story, I met her for about seven minutes before she had to go to court because she was so late. So I had to write for her a claim. I had to create her court. I had to claim in about six or seven minutes. I said, there you go, lady. There's your court. There's your claim. Go get a receipt from the court. Clear to the court. As soon as you get the receipt, take your seat, stick it on the top of the claim, hand it when you walk into the family court bullshit today, hand it to them. And they're going to say, what's this receipt for? I say, well, look under the receipt. The receipt is the important thing, not the claim. How is the claim? Who cares? The claim looks like gibberish. The claim looks like a total joke. But when they see that receipt, they'll say, huh, she paid a receipt. She filed a suit. She filed a case into this courthouse. Huh. And then when they flip it over, they're going to look at this gibberish that you wrote, that I wrote. They're going to look at it. And there's like, the Molinera Court at the district court. Oh, that's, that's so cute. Who cares? It's going to take them a day or two to realize what the hell just happened. And when that court clerk gets found out what he did, oh, I can't imagine him being a court clerk for much longer, that he actually allowed a man or a woman to establish a court in a courthouse in the United States, which is unheard of. You get a court in a courthouse. That's that's ridiculous. You'll never get a court. You, oh, you, you know, definitely you. You'll never get a court in a courthouse. They ain't never gonna let you through. It ain't gonna happen. They're gonna be watching way too close. And like I said, she got lucky because they don't. They've never seen nothing like that. They're like, hmm. And but she had her game plan already figured out. I said, look, we're already gonna talk to her boss. When uh, her boss, uh, you know, the head boss of the state when we call them up, 
wait until uh, we whisper in that guy's ear, if you don't let me file my case into this public courthouse, and you interfere with my right to access this public courthouse, I'm going to have your boss going to explain to you, you better do your job. Because I already had to sue a, a, a court clerk for denying me access to a, a public courthouse. And uh, the attorney general and, uh, had to, you know, had to do a uh, nice little three-way phone call, you know, explain uh, how to do a damn job. Really? No, I'm lying. Of course. <laughs> so, like I said, you called the governor's office, you talked to the attorney general, and then you say, I'm going and file, I'm going down to the courthouse. They say, you're not a problem, Mr. Lentz. Oh, they knew me, but I could call the governor's office in, in Alabama, and I'd say, hey, is uh, Stephen? And I was one of his attorneys. He's like, hang on, Mr. Lentz. He's like, how you doing, Mr. Lentz? Yeah, we're doing pretty good up here in Virginia. How's it going in Alabama? So when you get to talk to the, to the governor, uh, governor of California, and you call up their office, say, oh, hey, Angela, how's it going? Then, then you know you, you've made a lot of phone calls, and you know you've knocked on their door a lot of times. When they recognize who you are, instantly. They say, oh, not him. Oh, my God, not this guy. And they're very nice to me, and they're very polite to me, and I'm very polite to them. But like I said, that lady, you're going to have to go knock on doors. You're going to have to get in their face. You're going to have to go, you know, see them in a you know, public restaurant or meet them out in a parking lot or go into a public restroom and catch them. Whatever it takes, you've got to make FaceTime with these people. you got to say, you, you, you know, you, you folks have my property, and, you know, I, you, know you folks are going to have to get it back. And they all know who I am. They're like, oh, yeah, we know who this guy is. We see him coming. Yeah, because I was serious about it. That's my property. You're going to give it back. And I had no intention on giving it back. So, like I said, you could do it violently or you just do it with paper. And I did it with paper. I did it with a lot of FaceTime, too, a lot of phone calls, a lot of FaceTime. Oh, I'd go down to the Capitol and I'd be knocking on doors. And they'd say, yeah, we heard you were coming. We heard you just over to the governor's office. Yeah, and now you're over to the attorney general's office. Yeah, and now we figured you'd come down over here, too. Oh, yeah, making my rounds. Thank God the state capitals, all the buildings are real close together. Thank God I don't really have to, you know, talk but one spot to hit all these buildings at the same time. Oh, yeah, I made my rounds. People are like, oh, here he comes. Yeah, we were warned. Here he comes. <laughs> we figured you were going to come down here next. You know, come down to the finance department. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to file a claim down here. Yeah, you took my property. Yeah, one of your agents down to my property. Yeah. Like I said, it's a lot of fun. Once you start realizing, you know, how the game is played, you just go around from, you know, one agency to another agency to another agent and, you say, hey, I heard you're the man who's acting as the risk manager. Yeah, how you doing? Yeah, I heard you're the man who's running the court down here. Yeah, I heard you're the billings manager. Yeah, yeah, I'm interfering. Uh, somebody's interfering with your right to access this court. Yeah, absolutely. You know, how are we going to work this? You know, how are we going to get me into that public building? You know, so it's a lot of fun. But you can't do it with an attitude. you got to do it with, like, smiling and laughing. Like, you know, they say, yep, here he comes. Yeah, we heard you went down. Oh, really? <laughs> you miss me? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> yeah, I don't even miss you guys either, but we got to get this done sometime. Okay, you want to uh, take some questions? Oh, has it been an hour yet? Yep, well, 55 minutes. 
as long as it ain't a stupid question. I'll do one or two, man. That's it. I'm not, I, well, you know, we I got three people about. lined up here, so let's do the three at least. I just want to talk about that. I just wanted to, like I said, explain. I mean, that's the most amazing thing you people are ever going to hear on this show, is that a black lady has her own court in U.S. history. It will never happen again in your lifetime. Uh-huh. Unless it slides through. If somebody else squeaks through one, I'd be amazed, you know, if they could squeak it through. But she at least used the first one. Jesse was the first one in Canada to do it. Molly was the first one in England to do it. Now, uh, well, but she's got two kids to get back, right? Well, the one boy is with the dad because she has two dads, two husbands, two fathers, whatever. So the oh. one boy is okay. He's fine. He's not going to be adopted out. It's the second boy that uh, that that she's... Uh, they're going to adopt out her baby because she left the baby in the car for a few minutes while she took the other one into school. Right. Right. Yeah, she okay. left the other one. Right. So, That's what. Yeah, right. Just, then it, but then uh, it just snowballed after that. I mean, obviously, somebody's going to tell some black lady, hey, man, you know, you, do, you did your kid wrong. And this lady's a hardworking woman. She's got a real job. You know, I'm sure she told him to go F off. It's none of your damn business. Go F off. Yeah. You know, uh, people get very defensive nowadays when social service comes, you know, knocking on the door. Yeah. So then when she went, they went to day school or daycare or whatever, and she came back and they kept the kid. And it's like, oh, really? And then she found out where the kid was. She went and got the kid anyway. And, like, don't come down here. And uh, what well, she did and took the kid anyway and called up a lawyer and says, you know, don't bother doing an Amber Alert. You know, the kid's not kidnapped. I took him. Well, the lawyer called up and says, she said, man, my damn dirty lawyer, my damn dirty lawyer. She paid a lot of money for that lawyer, too. She, she said, that bitch called up the cops on me, and the cops came to my office as a kid. She's like, fuck that lawyer. She was pissed at her lawyer. Okay. You know, she's like, that, that right bastard turned me in. I said, of course they're going to turn you in. Yep, they're officers of the court. Their allegiance is to the court, first and foremost. So. Uh, their allegiance is to their paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've got Southwest Ohio with yeah. your hand up. Did you have a yeah. question? Yes, I, um, uh, Carl, I would like to talk to you about a um, a way to get uh, good food to people, and um, I, I've got an idea. I think that a, maybe a private association is probably the best way to go about that. Uh, but these. Uh, uh, distributors, brokers, and other folks want you to have a, uh, before they sell you any products, they want you to have a business license, re- tax resale license, or tax um, um, resale license. Yeah, that's right. And um, what are your thoughts about how to set up so that uh, we're not in the commerce realm? Uh, we're doing private contracts and um able to uh, handle things like that. If I do set up a LLC that has these resale numbers, um, then um, I, I have something that's uh, in the in the state of Ohio or some, some states' uh, codes and subject to those codes, um, and I don't want to tie that uh, by interfacing that LLC with the private association. I don't want to jeopardize the private association. Do you see what I mean? I don't know exactly what you mean. Yeah, one, like I said, um, you, you know, uh, you got my phone number? Is it the same? I don't know. Same as what? How, a few what is years it? ago or a couple? Is it the same for the last couple of years? Yeah, it ends in 0318. Okay. 
five four zero two four five zero three one eight. All right. Um, yeah, they I, just called me up because, like I said, we did that with a man in Canada who had a butcher shop, meat market. Uh-huh. You want to call me up? That's fine. All right. Like I said, I was trying to help. But like I said, this I was trying to help women and children. You know, this is my big thing. I mean, okay. You know, but like I said, if you want to talk to me about setting up that, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll show you how to do it. It's fine. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty easy to do. The guy in Canada. It's funny, you can go the LLC route and you can do that route and when they do find you and everything, that's a lot of fun dealing with that too. Or you could just, you know, you could do it another route. But like I said, I just wanted to try to help women with kids. I mean, that's my big thing. I mean, right. somebody like you, it's, it, that's how I make money with somebody like you. With somebody like uh, women and children, I, I don't make no money. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, obviously I just want to uh, try to help women and children on these kind of shows, you know, and uh that's fine. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll give you a call then. Uh, when's a good time to call you? Early, usually uh, pretty early in the day, like uh, nine, ten o'clock. Because okay. uh, it's not good. Of course, my day that time in the morning, I'm just getting things going. And uh, believe it or not, by the end of the day, it gets really hectic around here, and I'm trying to slam everything in before it gets dark. But in the daytime, in the very early morning, it's like seems like I got all the time in the world to take care of my stuff. And then, you know, so I'm very uh, easy paced first thing in the morning. And then as the sun's going down, I just get quicker and quicker. And it's like, it's ridiculous to try to talk to me when the sun goes getting close to down. So nowadays, when the sun's down, I'm going to bed. You know, Good. When it's time, I go to sleep. Okay, Southwest Ohio, is that... Thank you. For you? Thank you. Yeah, I'll talk to them, yeah. I'll talk to them some other time. But I just want to talk about that lady and... Establishing a court and okay, let's go to the next question real quick. Seattle awake. Yeah, but like been I, said, unmuted. I really don't want to deal with business questions right now. I don't want to deal with kids and women. Okay. Right. Okay, well, I'll pass it and I'm going to call you guys. I'm not calling uh, about kids or, or I'm not a woman. <laughs> yeah, why well, did you want to ask real quick and then I'll tell you if I could help you or not. Okay, thank you, Phil. Um, it's just a quick question. I'm going through some traffic uh, infraction stuff, and uh, uh, I did. Uh, uh, I told them I had a problem with the discovery because I didn't get the discovery. Well, they've got me going to my third uh, hearing coming up here in another week or so, and uh, it was just a you know a contested court hearing, which is now turning into my third appearance, and. Uh, the judge found in the last hearing that the uh, discovery wasn't that they committed the violation of not giving it to me, whatever the real term is. And uh, then he recessed and said, uh, because I had put in a motion for dismissal on a, uh, some other stuff regarding the case, and uh, he said, well, because you put this in uh, a day late, I'm going to extend it uh, and get you or whatever, you know, take the recess and uh, have another court date coming up. And then uh, he just quit talking about the discovery after he, he interrogated the uh, city attorney quite a bit. And she stated in that hearing that I picked up the discovery. She stated that I uh, didn't request the discovery properly, which I did. And uh, that's just kind of where I'm at. We'll kind of see what your idea might be for me to like. Go. And, uh, what was the discovery? What are you trying to get, like a videotape? Well, no, it was just the basic stuff they give you. I didn't ask for nothing special. I just uh, 
As a matter of fact, the courthouse I'm going through, they have a form you download for the discovery, and I did that, and I, I submitted it timely. And uh, they even said that they called me twice uh, to pick it up, which was my preferred method of contact, and they didn't. And I've got my phone records printed out that I've uh, sent to them today, and I'm going to bring them with me to court. Why do you uh, make a motion? Why do you make a motion for them to? Why do you make a motion for them to hold the other side in contempt with their own court? Uh, hold the, the city attorney. Yes, make it, hold her in contempt. She, she knows the rules, and she's contemptuous. She's not abiding by the rules of court, and she's the one who called the court. Yeah, the judge even. Well, go ahead. That's what I'm trying to say. I'll just say. A lot of people say to me, well, call, wait a second, you say don't ever make motions and don't, no, call never says don't ever, 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 ever. I don't use those words like never, never, or ever, ever. I don't use those silly words. Sometimes it's to my convenience, especially something crazy like, say, a DUI or something like that. Sometimes it's to my convenience when I just say them something simple like, hey, you know what, they're in contempt of court. You know, that's what we're doing with some, I'm doing with another case because it's a, a double sword case that's a very complicated case where there's two different uh you'd have a problem like say with the county, the state and the feds. Uh-huh. So the the play the, 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 the case that I'm helping. It's like have you seen like a murder trial. It's like you got a murder trial and the city might pick it up, the city of New York might you know, go after the guy for the murder or the state of New York might pick it up for the murder or the federal government might because say it was a federal worker. So now right. I, have, I have a complicated case like that where the man's fighting multiple courts. You know, it's just in its soul. Obviously, we're going for the discovery, so hopefully they will be in contempt of court. They will not give the discovery in the time in which the court ordered the, you know, the moving party to turn over the, all the discovery. So hopefully yeah. the discovery will not be forthcoming because then obviously we're going to go in and say, hey, you know what, um, he's in contempt of your court order. You know, the court ordered that he has to give over discovery, and he hasn't done it in a timely manner, so he's actually in contempt of court. So obviously, you know, he must have other things more important to do than this silly case or this silly matter. That's, you know, obviously he must have a lot more important cases to do. So since this is of no, you know, importance to, to the prosecutor, I see where nobody else in this court should take, you know, this case seriously either. So, you know, we move to dismiss this case or discharge this matter, you know, and uh, let the feds pick it up or let the state pick it up or let the city, you know, let somebody else pick it up because obviously, you know, they're dropping the ball on this. So why bother, you know, you know, playing yeah. this any further? Because obviously, you know, if we have to come back again, somebody is going to pay, you know, compensation for this time that's been lost. Now, if they wish me to tender a, a, you know, a claim for compensation because the discovery was not uh, timely, you know that's fine. You know I have you know very reasonable fees, which I'll uh, charge them for failing to comply with the court order. Yeah, and just do something like that. Now, do I put that in a whole motion? Put all that info in the motion? Well, like I said, if like I said, you could. Uh, if you hold them in contempt, then the contempt would be a very simple motion. It'd just be, uh-huh. you know, you're making the motion that uh, they're in contempt, and then you could say, see, it's like, you know, a motion is called that they hold them in contempt, and whatever you want to bring into into that motion, 
you know. His love is suppressed for discovery, right? Right, that, right. You could bring in their own rules. You could say they had 30 days, you know, according to rule, whatever, 16.2. You know, I yeah. filed the form according, in accordance to the rules of this court. I filed this form in accordance to rule, you know, 27B. You know, and you could just put it down where, you know, and then you make, like I said, you just write down where they have failed to even abide by their own rules. This is their court, and these right. are the rules. And I agreed to play this game, and I agreed to take on the title of defendant. I agreed to act as the defendant. I agreed to plea. I agreed to all this stuff, and they agreed to act in a certain manner. Yeah, if they don't wish to act in this manner, then uh, you know, then I move to dismiss it. And then, like I said, then the judge gives you any crap, then you can actually say, you know what? If you, if you are going to allow tolerate this nonsense to go on. You know what? I'm just going to relinquish. Uh, I want to withdraw as a defendant, and I'm just going to stand here as a man. I want to ask, you know, is there any man here that maybe I've done something wrong? I said, I don't mind acting as a defendant. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes I can make a lot of money. But <laughs> you know, at, at this time, you know, if you, if you aren't going to abide by your own rules, and you're going to get cute, and you're going to allow this to continue, well, then, you know what? I'm going to have to withdraw the, you know, and if you can't accept the title of defendant, I'm just going to have to stand here as a man. Explain. Yeah, the, the judge has been fairly nice as far as I can, you know, assume. <laughs> but uh, I already know there's a trip. But that's what I'm saying. See people, don't, uh, see, people don't understand sometimes when I say like this because I have a CDL license. You know, I drive a truck. I, well, I haven't drove in years. I mean, I have my own truck. But I, have, I mean, I haven't done it for a living. I, have, I, I drive my own truck, you know. I drive my own nine-speed. I got my own, you know, international. Yeah. But I don't do it for a living. I do it when I need to go pick something up. But I'm right. like a truck driver, truck driver where uh, I'm working for whatever, you know, United Van Lines or something like that. I do it at my own leisure because I need to, you know, get my stuff. But what I'm saying is if I have a CDL and, and somebody's calling me on it, obviously I want to keep a CDL if I'm working for United Van Lines because they're not going to hire me if I lose my CDL. And if you're going to the, the, the state, is going to, you know, suspend your license, you know, and I need that license to make an income if I was a United Van Lines employee. Now, if me, I'm fortunate enough, I can own I'm just a man and I'm and the Constitution clearly says that the states can't interfere with the right contract. So I'm if I can own my own and identify myself, then honestly, I don't need it. 99, 100%. You're fading in and out, Carl. 100 What? They need, they need to keep their driver's license for whatever reason. Right. So, like I said, 100% of the people who ask me, you know, about especially driver's licenses, you know, they need to keep their driver's license. So I don't tell them to play cute like, like Dean Clifford would say, oh, burn your driver's license, you know, throw it away. Oh, really? And, and, and passports too? Oh, yeah, passports too. Oh, really? <laughs> and how do you yeah. think we're going to go from point A to point B in a timely manner? How do you think we're going to accomplish that without being harassed every five feet away? Right. And, you know, who knows and what somebody like, right, somebody like me can do it because I know how to do it. But, you know, for normal people, no. They, they got until they learn, you know, 
who they have to call up at the state capitol, who they have to go shake hands and talk to. You know, you, you can't just be making, you know, you, you, it's, it's a process. And you know, who really wants to deal with it? Nobody. Yeah, so that's what getting more trouble trying to do it when we don't know how to fully do it. <laughs> right, and you just get yourselves in a lot of trouble where you listen to somebody, like I said, these, these other guys who just say, you know, burn your draft card, you know, burn your social security number, burn, you know, a lot. And you can't even stop, you know. Yeah. It's funny, somebody called me up the other day, he's filling out a passport. Uh-huh. Oh, you filled out a passport. What did you do? I said, I put down every damn thing. They said, did you put down that you're a U.S. citizen? I'm a U.S. citizen. I'm a U.S. slave. I am a, a 14th <laughs> Amendment. I'm a 14th Amendment uh, involuntary servant. I am whatever they wanted me to put down. I put down whatever they wanted on that damn piece of paper to get that damn passport. He says, well, yeah. you signed your name to it. I said, sign my name to who? I signed my name to no man. I signed my name to a what? It's just like I'm, I made a contract with a pine cone. I made a, a, a contract with a, a color TV. I didn't make a contract with a man. They, some guy could walk up to me and say, didn't you sign this piece of paper? Yeah, damn right I did. And who are you? Well, I'm the Attorney General. I didn't ask you what you are. I asked you who you are. Well, I'm the Attorney General for the United States of America. Okay. Again, another why. A pine cone is speaking for a, for a telephone pole. Isn't that special? So I'm talking to a pine cone. I'm talking to a pine cone on a cold TV. I didn't ask you what I'm talking. I'm asking. I'm asking who am I talking to? Who did I sign that to? Who who who's being harmed? Who's who am I liable for? Who, who who's going to hold me liable for that signature? Nobody. So go play with yourself. You see what I'm saying? It's 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 simple for somebody like me because I, I've seen this my whole life and and. I'm, like I said to the guy who was filling out the passport, it'll get me in, in and out of that border so fast and so quick. I'll swear, oh, damn right, I'm a slave. I'm a slave to Barack Obama. He's my daddy. Is that going to get me over the border? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, then, and then it's like, what? guess what? I'm a leprechaun. No, I'm a unicorn. Oh, no, what? I'm a man. I'm in limited capacity to whatever I wish to be. Oh, no, I'm not a unicorn. Oh, no, I'm not a leprechaun. Oops, I'm just back to being a man. Oh, well. Right, did it get the job done? Did it get me in and out of the board? Yeah, am I going to waste my time going to jail for 16 months like a dean to prove a point? Like, oh, wow, you know, no. What was what, it going to take? What, what do you folks need? Need that signature? There you go. Am I out of here? Good, I'm out of here. Now watch this. Oh, I withdraw my signature. What? You can't do that. Yeah, I can't. You can't buy me with a piece of paper. Why? Because um, I'm a man. I don't want to be defending no more. Mm, I don't want to be citizen anymore. Mm, nope. Goodbye. You can't change my mind. Involuntary. You can't make me do anything that's involuntary. You can't. So it's like the easiest examples are husbands and wives. Anytime a wife wants to say, mm, no, no sex tonight. Well, I have a license, honey. I got a contract on your ass. Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I'm married to you. Um, um, no, it's not going to happen. No, yep, I see the marriage license. Yep, and there's a contract. Um, at, mm, nope, mm, you better not touch me or, um, you know, speed dial is 911. Yeah. You can't yeah. hold me to it. You can't hold me to it. You can't even hold a freaking wife to her agreement. You can't hold a wife to her contract. You can't hold a wife to her license. She's like, mm, no, I'm going to break the license. I'm, uh, I'm out of here. Goodbye. And look at California, no fault. She's still going to get half. 
No matter yeah. if you're cheating or not, it don't matter. I mean, that's the easiest way to show that it's a total joke. People's word and a piece of paper nowadays in this land is a joke. It's a total joke. So it's funny. People ask me that all the time. I say, hey, Paul, uh, we'll do uh, what those lawyers do. What do they call those things? I'll work on a contingency fee. I call when uh, I get the big payday call. I'll make sure I cover you. It's like, oh, please. I said, what? And we're going to sign a contract? And he's like, well, yeah. And I just laugh. I said, yeah. And then when you can't pay me or don't feel like paying me, you're going to pay me, what, $1 a year for the next 10 million years? Like, yeah. When you catch up to him. Yeah. No, no. They're going to say, well, here you go, my brother. Here's a dollar. And that's the best I can do for the next 10 million years. I'm sorry I owe you 10 million, but it's going to take me 10 million years to pay me. I said, yeah, I know what you're going to do. I said, but don't be silly. I said, I'm not going to fall for that sucker game. I said, I'm not stupid. I said, just give me uh, like the other guy, you know, I said, come on here and work for me. So one guy came up here for 17 days and worked for me. Yeah. You know, another guy came up here for eight days. You know, I said, they can't afford to give me any money. I said, come on up here and work. So I don't care. I said, you want me to work for you? Yeah, well, then you get up here and work your ass for me. So yeah. It's worked, it's worked out pretty good. I've had, man, I've had yeah. at least eight people up here in the last, uh, in the last year doing work around here. It worked out fine. You know, they come here. They there's people that'll be of their word, you know. Yeah, okay. I'm sure you had plenty that said they were coming and didn't too, right? Uh, no, more people come than don't. So yeah, that's you know that, that that's been pretty good like that. People actually say, well, if they if they're not, then just pay me cash. I said, pay me cash, and I'll hire somebody around here to do the work. I don't give a damn. Pay me now. Pay me by working your butt off, and people come up here and. You know, it's, it's worked out pretty good. I've had a lot of good workers up here, man. I haven't had anybody who slept around here and just thought they didn't get off. Yeah. So it's worked out great. But like I said, that's what I do. So like I said, people are going to say, well, see, now Paul's saying make a deal and do motions. And that's right. Sometimes you have to get a damn passport. Sometimes you do have to get a damn bank account. Sometimes you do want a cell phone. You know, sometimes you do want, you know, a driver's license. You know, you kind of learn how to play both worlds. And I really think that uh, right. I think the government agents, the people who listen to these shows and the people who, I think they really appreciate it, that I'm not one of these guys saying burn this and burn that and F this and F that. No, something, it's a balancing act. Man. It's, it's a tap dance. And he just, right, I got the same point of view as you on that one because, uh, you know, I don't want no trouble in my day-to-day. What, what do I want trouble for? If I get stopped, I want to be able to hand what I need to hand and go on my way to give me a ticket or well. Well, like I said to people, it's, it's, uh, how, how did they used to do it, say, in 1932? Or 19, let's make it even simpler, 1965. Go watch an Andy Griffith episode. And before people like had a uh, like, driver's license and if they didn't have one, Bonnie would run them in. Bonnie would run them in and say, well, we just can't let any stranger walk around town. We've got to find out who you are. You look very dangerous. So to maintain the peace, we are going to bring you in until we can find out if you're an escaped uh, convict. That uh, we heard that you know, my pilot is an escaped convict running around. So we're going to find out who you are. Make sure you're not an escaped convict. You know, so right. the, you know, it's the same thing. It's like the movie Rambo. I thought that was the stupidest movie I ever saw because I was totally for the sheriff. I forgot what that man's name was. He was a great actor, man, and. Uh, and he was just being a, a decent guy about it. He'd say, hey, look, buddy, uh, you're freaking everybody out here, man. You got this long, ridiculous hair. You got this ridiculous clothes, and you're wearing a sword. 
You're walking through Main Street, Mayberry. Um, you know, you're scaring the shit out of everybody. You know what? <laughs> you know, here's 50 bucks and a can of soup, and here's the bridge, and uh, the other town is about two miles that way. I'd appreciate it if you don't come back. Yeah, and recall them ahead to let them know you're coming. That's right. You know, to let the next town know, hey, you know, you know, yeah. you know. And then what does the guy do? The guy makes a U-turn and he leaves. And guess what? Rainbow's like, no, fuck him, man. I'm going to go back into town. It's like, wait a second. What's what's the purpose of Rainbow going back into town? He's like, well, I'm an American. And I can carry a sword. And I can look as crazy as I want. I said, that's like me walking through the mall with a with a bomb in my hand. You know, it's like I got a really long fuse, like a three foot long fuse. And I'm walking through the mall. And I said, well, I'm a man, and that's my property, and I got a bomb. It's like, yeah, but, dude, you're scaring the shit out of everybody. You got a bomb. Yeah, it's a 12-hour it's delay fuse. Don't worry about it. I'll be done shopping. The mall will be closed way before that fuse blows. And I said, that's okay, you know. I'm just have the right to uh, take my property wherever I wish. It's like, dude, you're breaching a piece. Dude, you're scaring the shit out of everybody. You can't be walking around the mall with a bomb. Well, dude, it's not going to go off. I told you there's a 12-hour delay on it. You know, look at it. Look at how slow it's burning. Dude, you, you can't be doing this. You're scared. It's breach of the peace. It's, it's an ancient law that goes back to the caveman time. You can't breach the peace. That's what damage, right? You're doing damage and doing that, right? It's, it's, yeah. Like I said, it's not so much you're damaging the people's ability to just, uh, you know, occupy yeah, the, common, the common grounds. I mean, we're all in the common ground. This is the common yeah. ground, the common land, you know. And they're not because now they're stressing. <laughs> right. Now they all right, they have the right to use and enjoy the common ground as much as you do. So you ain't going to be walking through, like I see these insane, ridiculous, uh, what do they call these, uh, Second Amendment clowns, walking through towns yeah. with machine guns. <laughs> Doing challenges on the police on their YouTube pages and stuff. Yeah, with, with a machine gun. I said, dude, you, you got an assault rifle walking through, like, a nursery school. Are, are you out of your effing mind? You know, if oh, I, yeah. I, I, I saw somebody walking around through, I live not too far away from a church. I live right next to a church. I get, you know, I, I get mm-hmm. thrown rock underhand and hit the church. If I saw some clown walking in a parking lot with an assault rifle at that church, you better believe I'd tackle that clown and beat the hell out of him. I said, hey, I have the right to do that. Hey, dude, are you out of your mind? I thought you wanted to go, go, go to war with these church people. Well, I got the right to war, too. You can't be doing it. You've got to know that's just effing crazy. You know, yeah. you've got to understand, man, that's my job is to protect those people. Well, you're not a cop. That's right. I'm my brother's keeper. I see you walking in towards that church parking lot with a machine gun. I ain't going to wait to ask you what the hell you're doing. I'm going to try to jump your ass from behind, and I'm going to put you down. Yeah, I've been hearing some of your old stuff uh, over yesterday and uh, this morning about the Good Samaritan stuff you talked about and all that regarding that. Did I think that? Is it called Good Samaritan Law in some places? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, you better believe it. Especially like like places like, say, Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, you know, places that you won't see another human being for miles. You see somebody and they need help, you better help them. Right. You know, there's states like that that the neighbors understand the good neighbor policy. That you better help, you know, because there's only a couple of us up here. You know, you better help. You, know, you better yeah. give a damn good reason why you didn't help that lady. I don't want to hear she's black. I don't want to hear she, I'm white. I don't want to hear no nonsense. Just like with me. Look, I went to D.C. and helped a black lady. Why the hell isn't uh, Why the hell isn't Oprah Winfrey doing it? Why isn't Jesse Jackson doing it? Why isn't the local Baptist church doing it? Uh, yeah. They're not getting the- 
check. Yeah, well, yeah, but still, you know, why am I my brother's keeper? Why can't somebody else help? Why can't? Why am I the only one showing up? So I love it when people tell me, like, call, call, you're all about money. Call, call, you don't help nobody. Oh, really? You, you got any pictures of you standing next to anybody? You know, walking the court with them. You, you got any, you know, women and children that you helped get back? You know, and didn't charge them anything. You got a Mexican lady, you know, sending you pictures. You got French Canadians. You got anybody? No. So don't tell me what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. People are good at that, ain't they? Yeah, and like I said, what helps too is I remember that crazy Bundy family. I thought it was a joke when they really said they wanted me to go out and help the Bundys. I thought it was like Al Bundy. I thought it was a joke. I was like, and yeah. I thought it was, it was a joke. I was like, you want me to go out to the Nevada to help the Bundys? I was like, what, Al Bundy? Oh, them Bundys. I'm, okay, yeah. Yeah, so I just, you know, when they told me that they have a court order against them and, you know, take the animals off of the public land, I said, well, comply with the court order, seek compensation for the order, or modify the order. What's the big deal? Oh, no, they got 10,000 people surrounding the U.S. Marshals down here. I said, what? They've just been ordered to take, what? They, they got an order. There's three ways to handle an order. <laughs> it has absolutely nothing to do with pointing a gun at somebody's son or daughter. They said, well, they want you to come on out there and help them. I said, oh, really? They said, yeah, they got a radio show on Boston. They want they, the, the son is going to be on. I said, oh, really? They want you to talk to the son, the like, 50-something-year-old son. I said, yeah, I'll talk to him. So they said, they'll fly me out there. And I said, oh, you fly me out there. And I said, yeah. Where's the U.S. Marshals? They're about a half a mile off the road now. You know, we backed them off. I said, yeah, go ahead, fly me out there. And, uh, you know, you want to talk to me, I'm going to be standing next to the U.S. Marshals. He's like, what? Because <laughs> you're an asshole. You're a, you're a moron. He's like, what? I said, if you were any kind of a man, you would never point a gun at another man's son or daughter. And I guarantee those U.S. Marshals, they all have families, and their families love them. And they're so proud of them. And you got the balls big enough because you just don't know how to handle a court order like a man. You either modify the order carry out the order, seek compensation for the order. No, you're going to point a gun at some man who's just trying to do his damn job. I said, now, if you had a court order against the United States government, you would ask the U.S. Marshals to go execute it for you, and you'd expect them to do it, and they would. I said, but now that it's flipped around and the U.S. government's having them execute the order on you, why don't you just create your own damn order and execute it on them? He says, how do we do that? I said, I'm not going to teach you. You're, you're, you're a little Nancy boy. I'm going to point my gun at you because I don't like your order. Oh, really? And you don't understand that they're a servant and you're the public, and they're the public servants. You don't understand that. You know, you don't understand how to take control of these public servants. The only way you think you can do it is with a gun. Oh, really? And so what's funny is the other day, somebody, uh, our buddy Jimmy says to me, hey, man, my landlord's kicking me out of my place. I said, why is that? He said, well, he uh, makes drugs, hillbilly drugs up here. I said, yeah, and? He said, well, uh, him and his girlfriend came down to your place where you're living now by your folks, and uh, some other drug informant was in the back seat. I said, yeah, and? He said, drug informant said, hey, what are you doing down Collins' driveway? I don't I don't know anybody knew my name here because my family's name is not Lance. My family, my mom married another guy. And the yeah. guy, guy said, uh, how do you know this guy? He said, well, he's friends with the U.S. Marshals. And I was told by the other feds around this area, don't go near this man's driveway. He said, get me out of this man's driveway now. So it's yeah, nice. So it's nice. Oh, yeah. So, so, so it's funny. The U.S. Marshals definitely know where I live now. There's no doubt about it. And it's funny. I just moved here. 
that my my mom's last name is not the same as not a lens. Right. So it's pretty funny that some drug informant told his buddies, you better flip this car out of this man's driveway. That's called Lance, and he's trying to the U.S. Marshals. I don't want no part of this man. You got a snitch taking notice on it. <laughs> yeah, a snitch, yeah, a snitch, yeah, a snitch thing, right. And right. they don't give a fuck, you know? So, yeah. So, like I said, it's nice to know that the U.S. Marshals like me. That, that really makes me feel good. And see, other people who listen to these kind of shows are like, oh, see, he calls a, uh, a COINTEL pro or something like that. No, I'm not. I'm just trying to tell everybody, look, I'll work with you folks, I'll work with them. I'll You're the exact opposite of a COINTEL pro, because they want to kill people, and they want to hurt groups of people, and they want to, that's what their job was. They right, right, yeah, right. Right, like right, like a like an Alex Jones kind of guy, right? To incite the people so they could start getting names and getting people to sign up for their newsletters and sign up right. for the news. Right, right. That's what they did to Martin Luther King. Those people got them guys. Yeah, like I said, it's it's funny. I just uh, I'm trying to show people how to get in and out of court with pieces of paper, and that's it. I'm not right. trying to show people how to make a fortune. I'm not trying to show people how to uh, get out of their mortgages. I'm not trying to show people. I'm trying to show people this is this is the public service. We're the public. They have to learn to serve us again because we're you know for some reason we let it slip. For some reason we forgot how to be a man. For some reason we thought that we need the government to govern us. For some reason we forgot that we're self-governing. You know, yeah. like I said, thank God when the federal government closed down a couple of years ago after five weeks, nobody really cared. There was no looting, rioting in the street. There was no burning cop cars. There was nobody going crazy. And I think the federal government realized, the United States government realized, we better open up and come back to business because honestly, we're going to be out of business. <laughs> these, these, people, these people are still very self-governing. They are still self-governing. You know, we got to wait until they're, you know, they like depend on us. You know, right so now, the people aren't dependent enough on the United States government. So when the United States government closes down, nobody really cares. But maybe in 10, 20 years from now, they close down. They'll be rioting in the street. They'll be looting. They'll be, you know, need for martial law. But right yeah. now, the United States government, just Washington, D.C., fell out to the Potomac River. They'd be like, eh, oh, well, that was, that was a really bad, you know, tidal wave. Oh, that was a shame. Oh, well, let's, what, what else is there to do today? You know, we'll watch it on CNN. You will watch it on CNN. That hope oh, the Capitol building's gone. Oh, the White House fell into the Potomac. Oh, you know, wow, big flood. Oh well. Now what's for dinner? You know. Right. What's on? What's on the late night show? Who's on? <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. What's you know, what's Vanna White wearing tonight? Yeah. Let's watch the report. The president's uh, spokesman <laughs> that's on the talk shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I used to say to people. What's Vanna? What's Vanna White wearing tonight? Let's get home before you know. Wheel of Fortune, though, so we see what Vanna's wearing. <laughs> I remember when she was in the Playboy now. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Nobody cares right now. Right now, we're still very, we're very, uh, you know, no matter what um, an Alex Jones folks say, no matter what any of these people say, we are very still a nation of the self-governing. We really don't rely on the United States government whatsoever for a daily... No, they rely on us more than we rely on them, I would have a feeling... <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's 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 still all fear mongering. You know, they believe. You know, we they have to be in our face every five seconds and say, you know, Donald Trump this or uh, whoever else is running for president that. Like honestly, it doesn't matter because, like I said, if if, if say they voted me for president of the United States, I'm the president of the United States. That they, you know what? 
it's been a long campaign. I'm going to take off for a month or two. I'm going to, you know, go to Hawaii and go uh, swimming for a while. However, this country has been running for the last 200 years. I'm sure you guys got it well in control. You know what? When you need me to make a speech or uh, kiss a baby or shake hands, you let me know. I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, what does the President of the United States really need to do? I mean, I mean, like I say to people, I said, yeah, like I said to the U.S. Marshals, I said, look, I said, that, you know, if I say like something like the president, he's, you have civil servants that are running the government for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Some of these people are in service working for the federal government, you know, keeping the place running good. You know, so it's just like me. I said, so you made me in charge of a, I said, man, if I could run this farm for a day or a week and I could keep my CD collection and my VCR collection separated in alphabetical order, I'd be amazed. I said, I'm certainly <laughs> not going to run a neighborhood or a community or a town or a state, certainly not going to run a nation. One man can't run it. So who really gives a shit who the president is? Because honestly, he can't be everywhere and everywhere at all times. He's just a figurehead. He's just a good-looking poster boy. I said, if I was the president, that's all I'd do. I just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to go take a nap. This has been a long campaign. You know what? Wake me up in a month or two. Let me know. You know, if the country needs me to make a speech, let me know. Until then, don't bother me. Yeah. Oh, the queen's coming to town. All right, she can come by my house. Like I said, man, it's you know. So like I say, the way I look at you know, like I said, what was that crazy guy, man, who said the guy with the gun charges on him in Washington D.C. What class? He's like, oh, you know, we got, we got, uh, uh, we got representatives in all the original thirteen colonies. When the United States collapses, we'll take over. You know, like me and my wife, we'll take over North Carolina. Said so you and your wife couldn't take over the mobile mobile home park that you're in control of. You know, you guys couldn't take over the mobile home park. You're going to take over the state of North Carolina, and you're going to help the United States go. Oh yeah, we already wrote to the Secret Service, and uh, you know, we were told the Department of Justice, and we'll take over the seat of uh, the government. You know, when the United States collapses. Oh, they really got it figured out, huh? Yeah, it's just a dude. I would be so impressed if you could run your mobile home park for a week without your neighbors, you know, hanging you from the tallest tree. Without infractions. Yeah, yeah. I said I'd be amazed. I said, you know, and you go, and you're going to run the United States government. Do you, do you have any idea? Of the, do you ever take an airplane ride? You, you know what this country looks like. Do, do you understand the size of this place? Do you have any idea what you're talking about? You know, this is like it has a life of its own. So even when the United yeah. States government, when the United States government closed down, it still didn't make a blip on the radar screen. I don't think the United States government realizes just how big this nation is and just how many people are here and how many people are like, yeah, and? So the United States government's gone, and mm, okay, you know, do you realize how big this nation is? Do you realize how much we don't need? Uh, whatever, we'll, we'll get by. You know, right. the, people, the people will figure out another way around it. They're like, oh, well. well I've always dealt with that, you know, and or, or maybe they failed and they all disappeared, but they've always come back somehow. Yeah, if they come back and they don't, it still doesn't matter. It's like, okay, we will overcome. We're self-governing. It's not that big of a priority. We don't really need it. Yeah. You know? it, we'll figure a way. You know, and that's what's funny is they must have said to themselves, damn, we don't got the people dependent on us enough. People aren't afraid of us enough, you know. Like an Alex Jones, I listened to him a little bit uh, today, and it just kept making me laugh because I'm supposed to go on a show. They want me to do a show that's on just before Alex Jones. And... Uh, They've been asking me for a while now. Are they kind and, of together, but separate shows and stuff? On yes, the same 
Yeah, it's a, sh- it's a show just before the Alex Jones show comes on. And uh, so I was listening to that guy for a while, and then Alex Jones came on, and I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's just fear-mongering like crazy. I said, you know, <laughs> and how, how can, you know, you hear this ridiculous music they play. Like, da 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 It's like, dude, <laughs> dude, you got to be kidding me. You know, like, yeah, what, you, you know, you know, I can just imagine this guy with a crown on his head, you know, just, you know, walking around with a big baton, you know, like, come on, people like follow. superhero people. music, but we don't know if he's a superhero for us music. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. I mean, Star it's Star like, Wars music. Yeah, exactly. It just makes you laugh. It's like, this, this guy must think he's a little emperor or something like that, you know. He must have little guys, you know, carrying a cake. You know, he must have one have been a wrestler, you know, like a like a one of those crazy wrestlers. That's what he reminds me. Somebody who you know you think up and up. Lots times for big time wrestling stuff, you know. Yeah, he'd be like on the top of the ring, you know, on top of the ropes on the ring, screaming out to the crowd. You know, I'm Alex Jones, uh, you know, Alex the uh, the maniac Jones, you know. Yeah. I'm gonna kick his ass. Worldwide, that that wrestling circuit was huge in Texas, where he's from. That's funny. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It just makes you laugh. It's just like, oh my god, you know, just. You know, because they want me to do a show that's on before his, and that other guy's a lot mellower than uh, the other guy's name is Josh Tolley. They want me to do the Josh Tolley show. And, uh, yeah, see, I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he comes on just before Alex Jones. He's on from 10 to 12, and then Alex comes on from like 12 to 3. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I just want to make sure he wasn't a wacko, just like the guy in England. Uh, they wanted me to do that uh, Brian Gary show. And they said that he's just like Alex Jones and he's real popular in England like Alex Jones. He's like, oh, no. They wanted me to do it on Skype. I said, oh, no, I'm going to go to England and I'm going to sit down next to that guy. I'm not going to Skype with an Alex Jones. I said, I'm not going to let Alex shut me up. So I mean, then, no, but Brian... No, Brian Garish. No, Brian Garish was great. He sat there next to me, and I was waiting for him to go uh, all kinds of reptoid on me and start talking about uh, metal physics or kumbaya shit. And I was, oh, I was waiting. You know, no, he was really polite. Well, we office and Alex Jones, then. Yeah, it was. It was a really nice interview. He didn't nice. start talking about reptoids, and you know, the queen is in a reptoid. And oh no, I would have just went. I would said, oh no, I would have taken all that show. I would said, oh no, I'm not. Well, don't forget about the Illuminati, right? Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah, well, yeah maybe I have my daily dose of, uh, what do they call it, uh, iodine, you know, whatever. Claudia, iodine, <laughs> still the tablets, whatever. Well, the yeah, Brian we, Garrish after. interview is posted on YouTube, isn't it? All over the internet? Who's, I'm sure I must have heard some of it, then. Who's interview? The one you did with Brian Brian oh, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was fantastic. I mean, but it's on the people, internet. Anybody can right, right, it. But, right, but people told me that, you know, I said, well, what does he used to talk about? And he says, well, he talks a lot about the Illuminati and, and uh, you know, and he talks about, you know, reptoids and aliens. I was like, oh, no, oh, no, I'm not going on some crazy reptoid alien. The queen is the Pope's sister. I'm not. <laughs> I said, oh, no. I said, they wanted me to do, I said, oh, no, I'm going to sit down next to that man. And uh, if he starts going nutty on me, I'm going to just, you know, slam this guy. You know, not physically. I mean, I was going to just say, I ain't playing this game. Just like yeah, I mean, Alex, Alex Jones show, I'd want to be sitting right next to the guy. I said, oh, no, 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 no we're not going this way. No, you're not going to start yelling at me. You're not going to start dream screaming. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I say, look, you know, I'm not a peewee, buddy. I'm a pretty big dude. And, you know, you just better sit in that chair, you know. Don't make me get up. You know, let me finish what I got to say. You're fading out. Huh? You were fading out. 
Who, Alex Jones? Whatever. You speak right into your phone there, dear. Oh me? Oh yeah, no, no. What I'm just, no, what I'm saying is, I wouldn't let. I, I couldn't do like a Skype or a phone call with Alex Jones because he just yell, and he'd do what Angela does. He'd mute me out every five seconds. <laughs> like he'd do I, you, I haven't muted you out. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, recently. I mean, you used to mute me out like crazy. You know, to let these wacko people, you know. Uh, it depends oh on what you're talking about and what you're saying. You know, you got to be nice, Carl. Mm, nice means fool in French. You want? I need to be a fool? No, I don't mean you need to be a fool. You do that all by yourself. Well, that's why I was trying to stop your guests from saying things. It's like, oh no, 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 no. And then people say, well, look, people need to hear the other person's point of view. It's like you're teaching people how to get in trouble. You're teaching people. You know, if you want to talk about court, I'll talk about court. Now, if you're trying to talk about whatever else you want to talk about, reptoids or whatever, I don't interview, I don't bother your shows when you guys talk about reptoids. Who talks about reptoids? Good grief. Oh, I'm sure you had shows where people came on and talked about the Pope was the Queen's sister and the reptoids live under the No, I mean, no. Maybe maybe on the side, but that's not, no, I never have that as a topic. Oh, I'm sure. Ramsa, <laughs> I'm sure there's been some interesting uh, guests you've had on, you know, and I just start listening. Mm-hmm. And said, oh, I, I'm so done. I, I'm going to bed. I'm going to go, you know, I'm gonna go, you know, see if I got it, my ears to pick or my nose to pick. I got something better to do. You know, this is crazy. Okay, now what this are you is talking about? Crazy. Ooh. Exactly. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Damn. I don't know. Just by, let's say every everybody else but me. How's that? Oh, I see. There you go. Aye, aye. You're not truthful yourself, are you, Carl? Well, that's what I always said to people, man. I said, man, I've always been so lonely because I see this so crystal clear that they're public servants. And why are people so afraid of public servants? I don't understand. You know, and every time I try to talk to anybody, my family or friends, and they would always say, they are going to get you. They are going to get you. They are going to get you. Who's this they? You know, well, uh, oh, they're going to get you. The judge says, well, we don't do that here. He's like, we who? I've never met Mr. We. Uh, well, you who? You know, you know, you know, Hong Kong, Wu, you, you know, uh, is that some Chinese dude, you? You tell him, you? You say, who are you? I'm not you. I'm Lance. Who are you looking for? I'm looking for you. Who are you? I'm not a you. I'm Mr. Lance. And that's, that's what I'm saying. I've always been messing with these guys since I've been a little kid. I've been messing with principals. I've been messing with priests. Oh, right. them, it was funny. My mom, uh, my kids are now near me all the time. So I said to my kids, they went off to church on Sunday in Sunday school. I said, hey, mom, tell, uh, tell the kids the time the priest got off the altar and punched me right in the nose. Busted my nose wide open like that, you know. She said, yeah, your, your dad always was hearing the priest the whole time. Like, I was sitting in the last, seat, last row and I was just, mimicking everything he was doing. You know, I was moving my hands, he was moving his hands, and he was moving his lips, and then I knew the sermon inside and out. Oh, man, I was just being wise ass. So he was like, yeah, yeah. came up to the pulpit and said, hey, kid, you know, come here. <laughs> and I just smirked, and he like, pop, man, he popped me. And my mom's like, yeah, he gets pre-soaked, man, he even pre-set him, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, so I, I said, damn right. I said, man, I piss everybody off. I ain't going to take this, you know. I said, nobody's going to preach to me. And, you know, I, I don't go for that. Don't tell me, you know, what to do. I know what to do. And the same thing with, like, a cop, you know. It's funny. You know, as a kid, I did that uh, 
cop came up the road and he and he starts saying, uh, "Did you do those donuts down the road there?" And I was like, "Yeah." You want to know why? He's like, "I don't want to care why you did what you did." I said, "He said you better not do it again." I looked at the cop. I said, "Dad, Dad, is that you?" He's like, "What?" I said, "I haven't seen my daddy since I was 16." I said, "Daddy, is that you?" I ain't your damn daddy. Are you sure? Because nobody else would have the balls big enough to tell me what to do. I said, you must be my damn daddy. You just tell me I better not do something. Well, if you're not my daddy, then you you're just another man. And you, if if I was you, you you want to talk to me like that? You better you know you better come over here and be my daddy. I said, you know, tell me what to do now. I said, come on over here, daddy. Teach me. Show me you're my daddy. Come on, be my daddy. So he starts walking towards me, and the other cop jumps in front of him. The other cop, the other. Yeah, the other cop jumps. Yeah, the other cop jumps in front of him and says, "Mike, Mike, he just uh, he just getting your goat, man. You don't let him get the best of you." I said, "Oh, you too, you sissy candy ass." I said, "You drop that gun belt and be my daddy too. Get over here, both of you, kick my ass. Both of you be my daddy." I said, "You think I'm gonna stand here and let some man talk to me like that?" I said, "You're just a man. I'm a man. You're a man. You better not come around here and talk to me like that." I said, "You want to tell me? You want to talk to me, man? The man? That's fine. But you think you're gonna stand here? You think you're gonna tell me what I'm gonna do?" Oh, really? You better be my damn daddy, or you're going to get an ass whooping. So that's the way of, I've, I've always been that way. Don't you think you're going to stand there and tell me what to do? Yeah, I had a cop uh, moving uh, across the street from me about a year and a half ago, and uh, just a couple months ago, we finally spoke for the first time, and he came up to me. He was going to work, and I was sitting in my van messing with the stereo, and he uh, comes up to me and goes, Hey, man, how can we? lived together, uh, lived next to each other for about a year now or whatever, and we never spoke to each other. And I said, well, how come you're coming up to me on my property in your police uniform asking me questions? <laughs> and then I started laughing, and I put out my hand and introduced myself, and he started laughing, and we bullshitted for a minute or two, but it was funny. <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing. It's like I said, I've always, I've always stood up to any kind of authority, and anybody who thought they were an authoritative figure, and they thought they were going to talk to me like they were my daddy. Uh, see, as I said, I had a great dad. He's like, I put you in this world, I'll take you out of this world, and anybody else, you can tell them to go fuck themselves. You know, nobody else puts the roof over your head, food in your belly, you know, takes care of you when you're sick, is there for you 24/7, 365. I'm the only man on planet Earth that's ever done that for you, or ever will do it for you. Everybody else. You know, they're not your damn daddy. You can just tell them, hey, you know what, take a walk. Anybody else try to tell you what to do, tell them to go take a walk. Yeah. You, when your daddy tells you what to do, you better do it. I'll put you in this world, I'll take your hell out. You know, and he would. So, and everybody else who thought they were a man who were going to talk to me like that, it's like, oh, oh. you know, you're not going to talk to me like that. You know, oh, you're going to talk like that, and then we're going to dance. I don't give a shit. You know, but you ain't my damn daddy. You know, my damn daddy, I'll take that from you. You ain't my daddy, we're going to dance. And I don't yeah. care what I don't care how, how big your your feathers were on your bonnet. I don't care how many stripes you had on your sleeve. I don't care. You know, this is man to man, you know, you know, you know, I ain't your bitch. You know, so like <laughs> I said, you said, it's just it's just a lifestyle. It's just from growing up in New York, you know, you had to fight, you know, to school every day and home from school every day, you know, fighting the way to you weren't you were definitely not heard back then, man. Shit. I lived there a couple years right after nine eleven and I'm already loud mouth anyway, but uh, when I got to New York, it was like uh, I was home. <laughs> yeah, well, like it I said, it's, it's just a lifestyle, you know. You're just fighting every day of your life just to keep your lunch money or just making home from school, you know. It's just it's just a lifestyle. You just got to learn to fight and you just say, you know, 
you ain't going to take it. And if somebody sees that you're weak and you're going to take it, they're going to destroy you. Everybody's going to jump on you. They're like a pack of hyenas. Yeah. So it's just a lifestyle. So for me, it's easy and it's natural. And like I said to my kid, uh, her birthday was a couple of you know weeks ago, whatever. And uh, I could have went and seen her birthday party. I went up to Ohio, but I made it back. You know, I had to go for man. He had to go see his probation officer, or whatever. But I made mm-hmm. it back in time. Made it back in time to do the old happy birthday thing. And the next day, I said to the kid, I said, "Hey, kid, uh, here, come here. Let me talk to you. I, I don't do happy birthday. I, I, I'm not a happy birthday kind of guy." I said, you're not going to see me giving lip sync, happy birthday to you. I said, kid, I'm not going to do that. And she started laughing when I started saying, happy birthday to you. I said, look, that ain't me. Your daddy's a fighter. I love to fight. This is what I do. I don't know how to be happy. I'm happy when I'm fighting. I'm happy when somebody steps in my face and tries to take my stuff away from me. I said, that's what I'm good at. I'm, I'm really good at it. I'm not good at, you know, hugs and kisses. and I'm, I'm not good at that stuff. I said, I'm good at fighting. I'm good at somebody stepping in my face saying, hey, you know what? I want to take that away from you. Oh, really? Well, we're going to dance. And I said, your daddy's just a good fighter. I said, I'll do Thanksgiving with you guys. I said, but Christmas? Nah. He's nah. You're not going to see me for those holidays. I said, but for Thanksgiving, I'll sit around and eat a meal with you guys. I said, but then it's back to work. And it's funny. Yeah. My kid, my, my, my Downs kid, you know, Obviously, mm-hmm. he's he's retarded, but he uh, he kind of wrote me a birthday card. It was funny. He uh, said uh, number one thing like happy birthday, and obviously it's all spelled wrong. And then he wrote number one. He said I drew a picture of my dad. Kind of sticks. It looks kind of funny. Number two, my dad yeah. works hard. And n- number two, my dad works hard. And that's it. That was the whole birthday card. So I said, good. If this down kid knows anything of his dad, one, I'm your dad. Two, dad works hard. And that's it. You know, and so it's funny. I mean... And that's, that's what I want the son to think and, and all that, you know, too. So it's, you're doing good. If that's, all they know, if that's all he knows of me is that his dad works hard. That's it. And, you know, they see me out here working. You know, the sun comes up, the sun goes down seven days a week. They, they see me out here all the time working, you know. So and it's funny. I said to my son one day, I said, hey, go get Uncle Frankie. I said, Uncle Frankie, uh, he, he's my brother, half brother. Mm-hmm. I said, uh, get, "Is Uncle Frankie around?" And he's like, uh, "Is uh, he says?" Uh, uh, he, he, my son said, uh, "No." I said, uh, "Is, is, is he Uncle Frankie there?" He said, "No." I said, "Well, Uncle Frankie works hard." He says, "No, Uncle Frankie lazy. He sleeps." <laughs> so I said, well, I said, I, "I said, is Daddy lazy?" He says, "No, Daddy's got muscles. Daddy works hard." I said, "Good answer, kid. Good answer." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, so yeah. it's funny the kids, <laughs> even see a Downs kid ain't going to bullshit you. No. You know, he, you know, he doesn't know how to bullshit. He's just like, you know, daddy's got muscles. Daddy works hard. Believe me, his his mind is a lot more smarter in a lot of other areas that we have no knowledge about. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, so it's a lot of fun just talking to somebody that there's no pretense. There's no hidden agenda. There's no, you know, no bullshit in his game. He's just going to tell you straight up. Uncle Frank. Yeah, but we get older that we lose that shit as adults, you know. It's fucked up. Yeah, that we try to we try to want people to like us, or we want to give the right answer. He doesn't know the right answer, the wrong answer. He just could tell you what he witnesses. He could just tell you. He could give you the answer. You know. Yeah, Uncle Frankie's sleeping. Uncle Frankie lazy. You know. So well, Daddy lazy? No, Daddy's got muscles. Daddy works. Oh, okay. Good answer, kid. I like you. You know, you're all right. 
I was helping. I was letting. I was letting him help me spray paint today, man. Like, uh, you know, uh, I got like an air compressor. And I was building a garage or shop, and I was doing some I beams. And uh, no, he's he's all right. You know, I gave him the spray gun. I said, you know, I didn't tell him he to go. I just gave him the spray gun, put his hand and pointed the trigger, and I said, you know, do it. Bad. You know, so he's confident. You know, he, uh, you know, he could shoot a spray gun. You know, obviously, I'm not gonna let him do it. Oh, obviously I'm standing, so he doesn't do the same high beam for five. How old is he now? I think he's fourteen, fifteen. He's up there, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, I'm obviously I'm going to put a gallon of paint on, you know, three inches of high beam, you know. But you know, he can see and he can hear and he can move. Right. So, like I said, man, sure. That's why I said funny, he can care. He can. People that think they got it all there than that, that don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I laughed at some kid from West Virginia that came up here and he was complaining about how rough of a life he had. I said, yeah, take a look at my kid. And I said, okay, you know, you want to tell me your life is tough? Can you imagine being him? And he's yeah. like, oh, no. I said, look, dude. I said, you're a cutie pie, man. You must have skated through life. and never had to do nothing. I said, uh, look at this poor kid. I said, and uh, luckily he's got both eyes, both limbs, you know, he's got eyes, ears, and everything works. I said, there's other kids that, you know, were born without legs or born without arms. So don't tell me how bad you had it. I said, you, you've had it. You've had an, you know, easy life. I said, so anybody calls me up and says, oh, my life is so tough. Oh, really? You got downs? What? You got two arms, two legs? Yeah, well, huh. you want me to show you some pictures of kids who don't? And you want to tell me how tough your life is? And like, yeah. Well, I guess it, it's kind of tough. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of a crybaby. Yeah. And, and so I'm thinking, it's all this time, man. That's what we do to ourselves. We think. So we think wrong, we think right. Yeah, well, the man did apologize when he left. He says, he says, you know, I'm 29, because I'm a real young 29. He says, I'm sorry that um, I acted so young. He says, I said, obviously, it's going to take a lot for me to learn how to be a man. I said, oh, yeah. I said, because right now you try to pull these uh, magic words in court, you still got to go past that judge who's who definitely is a man, or knows what a, when he sees a man, and when he doesn't see a man in his court. I said, yeah. now, if you act like a man in his court, he'll, he'll let you slide. I said, you try to pull these magic words, and you think just because you know these magic words, you know, you're going to just laugh and get away with it? I said, the judge will say, mm, you know what, you hit every single magic word, you are absolutely correct on every single point of law, and I'm still going to hold you guilty, and you're still going to go to jail, he said, but wait a second, I'm a man. I'm looking for the man who done me wrong. And there ain't no man. He knows this kind of law. And he's like, the judge is going to say, you know what, kid? Um, sue me. Sue me from jail. Let's see if you know how to pull that trick out. Let me see if, if, if they got that on YouTube video. How do I sue a judge from jail? Yeah, a live stream. <laughs> yeah, see how that works out for you. So like a Dean Clifford thing. Like, go ahead, Dean. You're 16 months in jail. Go ahead. How did you sue a judge from jail? I'm so... I'm sure he sued everybody from jail. I'm sure, sure he was letting all kinds of paperwork come flying out of that prison or that jail. He was in jail in that prison. Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm sure all kinds yeah. of paperwork was flying through. He was suing, I'm sure he was suing everybody. I'm sure not one piece of that damn paperwork, all that paperwork he put in went anywhere, in any court. I'm sure it's just all sitting there. Because they're like, yeah, so what? You know what? Sue me. Yeah, when I walked into the second appearance on the, for what I called you about, uh, I walked in and I said, uh, I'm, "I'm me, I'm Ryan, I'm, I'm appearing as a man today." Uh, just in case if anybody uh, had any questions of that, I'm I'm a man, I'm a real man, and uh, 
I'm here. And uh, he said, he goes, well, sir, I just want you to know that I never disputed the fact that you're a real man. So yeah. I didn't know if he just blowing his smoke, but now that, uh, I don't know, I think he was being nice. Well, like I said, you've got to be very careful if you're talking about a driver's license because if you're only going in there, see, that's why I met one man in Canada. He got some advice from somebody who said, just go to court and something like I do, saying, like, you're just a man and you're not defending and not whatever. So the judge said, oh, good, since the defendant isn't here and the only person that's here is the wife, I'm going to give the bank accounts to the wife, the house to the wife, the car to the wife, the kids to the wife. I'm going to give everything to the wife until the husband appears. So since the husband won't appear, I don't see him here. And obviously the man is still standing right in front of the judge. And I only see, and I can't see a man because I don't have jurisdiction over a man. I'm going to have to give every single thing to the wife because that's what I have jurisdiction over, the wife and the husband. I don't have jurisdiction over a man. So too bad the husband didn't show up because I'm going to give every single damn thing to the wife who did appear because the husband will not appear. So that's what's happened to you, a lot of you guys who have driver's licenses and stuff. It's like, I'm a man, da, da, da. Oh, well, since the driver's license, the person, the defendant did not appear, I'm going to have to make a ruling against the defendant. And the driver's license is suspended against the legal person known as, whatever your name is, Jack Smith, Jack Jones, whatever. Yeah. And that's what they're going to do to you. And that's you're going to like, hey, wait a second, I'm standing right here. You can't do that. I'm just asking for the man, da, da, da. Oh, look. Yeah. We're looking for the legal person. The legal person is not here. We're going to hold the trial in this absentia, and uh, the license is going to be suspended indefinitely until the defendant appears. And that's what they're going to do to you guys. You guys go into this, oh, I'm a man, I'm a man, I'm a man. It's like, mm, yeah, great, lovely. Nobody's disputing that man. We're looking for the legal person. We're looking for the guy who's got the driver's license. Well, that's not me. Okay, well, then we're going to find uh, the driver failed to appear, and uh, we're going to suspend his license indefinitely. Next case. Yeah, you're like, wait, wait, wait. You're going, be, you're going to be like, wait, wait, I still got all this Freeman bullshit to say. Yeah, yeah, the judge was like, well, you're in the wrong court. Freeman court is two doors down to the left. <laughs> Next to him. Yeah, yeah, where you meet your cellmate, right? Yeah, no, they're there where you meet your cellmate. And you see the, the word men's on the door, men's bathroom on the door. And so, yeah, that's, that's where you file that. Yeah, because you know, you're full of shit. I haven't gone off on nothing really. I just uh, I've been, I've done everything I've said. I've put in paper too, and had the clerk stamp it and all that, and it's just real minimal stuff. But you know, I don't know what I'm doing either. So yeah, that's why you got to be extremely careful when you do this free man bullshit. You know, like I said, the stuff I do, man, is some real good shit. But like I said, if you if you if you don't know the whole game. You know, you, you know, like it's like playing tennis. You only not hit the ball over the net. It's like, hey, then I hit the ball back over at you. What? Whoa, 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 whoa! Nobody told me the ball's gonna come back at me. <laughs> what? What? You, you just keep shooting the ball over the net? Yeah. Well, I, I'm a hell of a man. I'm a, I could serve that ball great. You know, what happened when I hit it back? Now what do you do? <laughs> yeah. And how do you hit it back? I don't know how to hit it back. Should I hit it back? Should I just let it go? Did it go over the line? Did it hit the top of the net? Did it go out of bounds? Is it going out of bounds? What should I do? Should I win, but I lost because I didn't know I won. (laughs) Right? Yeah, so like I said, they're like, well, wait a second. Sometimes you don't want to hit the ball back. Why not? Because it's going long. Just let it go long. What? Yeah, the judge is just shooting it, man. It's going long, you know. You better go over the top of the head, right? Just let it go. Just let it go. Don't hit it back. No, just just let it sit there. Just just no way to go with this. Just just let it die. You know, don't do what? Oh, okay. Well, wait a second. No, it's going to fall in bounds. Oh no, that's still in play. You know. Oh man, you got to say this. Got to say this. Well, I thought you said don't say anything. I didn't say don't ever say anything. I said don't 
hit the ball back when it's going long. It's like, wow, this is too complicated. Yeah, it's called tennis, man. It's kind of a tough game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any game, no game is easy. Like it's like, well, to me, if you're, not, if you're a great tennis player, well, and obviously playing a game of tennis is easy. But if you're not a great tennis player, man, that's one frustrating game. Oh yeah. You know, so it's like, okay, well, you know, it's the same thing with me. It's like when people see, like I said, ninety percent of my, ninety ninety nine percent of my stuff has been traffic related, but it's ten feet long. So people are like, holy crap, you've been in court a lot. It's like, yeah, so you see a lot of stuff while you're sitting in traffic court. You see a lot of other cases going by, and you're, you're learning a lot when you're a kid. You know, most of those, almost nine feet out of ten feet of my, my rap sheet is when, before I was the age of 20. It was almost all traffic-related. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I had a lot of fun driving really fast and doing a lot of crazy things with motorcycles and getting uh, citations. I remember back then uh, they, had, they didn't have computers, so it was funny they had to use these books and I remember I remember this like ninety year old lady man, she was like a court clerk and uh she when I showed up with a citation and she says, You got a you got a ten sixty nine? A ten sixty nine. She said, sixty nine. I heard a ten sixty eight and ten seventy. She said, Huh, I've been working here for like fifty years and you know what, honestly I don't know what and she's never had a 69. Huh? <laughs> yeah, she whips out this great for yeah, she whips out this great big huge book, man. It was funny, man. I mean, this book must have been about six, seven inches thick, man. There's dust all over, and she plops it on the counter. She opens it up, and she says, "Oh, driving on a sidewalk." She said, "Yeah, you don't get that very often." I said, "Well, yeah, sometimes you know, you, you got to do what you got to do, you know." Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, sometimes it's easier just to drive on a sidewalk than it is to wait. <laughs> you know, so she, I thought that was pretty funny. I mean, I was getting tickets for, you know, things you could only dream of. You know, the, the people who right. worked there didn't even know, DMV didn't even know what that was. What? Yeah, that was the funniest one I remember getting was when the lady, the old lady had to, you know, the book was as big as she was. And, you know, it was ridiculous how she, uh, put it on a counter like that and says, what the hell is this? I don't remember. I've been doing this for like 50 years. What the hell is a 69? Oh, driving on a sidewalk. Huh. Yeah, that's what you don't see every day. <laughs> yeah, I guess most people keep the car and keep, and keep it on a road. I say, well, sometimes, you know, eh, you know, what's the difference? You know, it's, you know, it's flat and concrete and you know, support. Well, you can't drive backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that, that's too. <laughs> driving a reverse. Yeah, there you go. I can do that too. Yeah. No, yeah. No problem. I don't see a problem with it. <laughs> I'm doing it quite well. That cost like, one bump. Some, that cost. Yeah. yeah. That cost one bump. Yeah. That cost. Yeah. His one bump was on my bump. But you know, we were doing fine. I kept it on the road. You know, I made turns. I went through stop signs. You know, he's like, hey. I said, you know, he said, you call that reckless. I call us a pretty damn good driver. <laughs> and they're patting yourself on the back, huh? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, man. I, I was a very—I uh, don't know if I'm a very good driver anymore, but I'm telling you, man. I, I used to be a hell of a driver. I built cars, so I knew what they could do. Well, New York City is uh, the video game of driving, so. Oh, it's ridiculous. I mean, I was very, very good at driving. So, like I said, it's just like going to court. I'm very, very good at it because I do it, did it so often. Yeah. You know, and I got the rule books, you know, at a very young age. I found out the New York State codes, you know, when it came to uh, 
1972, I saw something in the newspaper, and it said that uh, it was uh, corporal punishment has been eliminated as a source of punishment to be administrated from any further New York State uh, teacher or uh, like administrative staff, but it's lawful for the parents to hit their children. So yeah. Uh, so that's what got me into it was 1972. People say to me, what got you into it? And it's like when I saw this newspaper article, because everybody read newspapers when we were kids. Everybody got the daily newspaper come to the house. And uh, when I saw that it said it's illegal for New York State, New York State administrators and teachers and, you know, to administer corporal punishment upon the, the student body, da-da-da-da-da, like that legal part of it was 20 words long. And then yeah. the lawful part, it's lawful parents to hit the kids, was two, three words long. It's like, wait a second. Why is this it's the same thing that I learned when the judge told me in North Carolina? He said, what were you charged with? He said, I said, an added an artificial heat source to speed the fermentation of an alcoholic beverage without a federal permit. He said, that's right. Yeah. Or what? Yeah, I didn't understand. Right. Or what? Moonshine. So the law would be moonshine, and the legal version would be adding an artificial heat source to speed the fermentation of an alcoholic beverage without a federal permit. That was the actual literal charge that was on our paper. They could have just yeah. wrote moonshine. They could have just wrote moonshine. No, they wrote the whole entire, you know, definition out, basically the charge. And that was So that's when I realized when I was a kid, why is it illegal to hit a kid? No, they didn't say anything about hitting a kid. They said striking a member of the student body by any official or any officiating or any teaching staff, faculty member of the New York State Teaching Association. Why? Look at this. Why didn't they just say it's illegal to hit kids, but parents can still hit their kids? It's like, why didn't they just make it teachers can't hit, but parents can? Because obviously yeah. the legal must mean something different than the law. So that's what really piqued my curiosity when I was a kid. When I just saw the newspaper article, it was ridiculously long what was illegal, but it's incredibly short what was lawful. So it's like, right. lawful. what's the difference here? And then, it was like I said, they had corporal punishment when I was a kid. And uh, uh, some kids that I used to get into fights with at least once a day, a, a family, they were three, three sons. And uh, every day, I fought with them. Right. And like I said, and... Uh, I remember that the principal would paddle them to such an extent that they could not bend their legs. They could not bend to sit on the seat on the ride home. And they had to do the old strap hangers. They had to hold on to the straps. You know, and every time, the you know, the bus or a train, whatever, hit a, a bump, the kids would just uh, burst out crying. They'd try to play tough guy, you know, not cry, but they would just start squealing like little girls. It's like, wow, these bullies turned into little candy asses, you know, because they got their asses open. Man, that principal must have really put a lick into them to make them, you know, bleed like they're bleeding. So that that terrified me that a teacher or a principal could hit me to that extent, you know, that I could not bend my legs. So yeah. man, I was terrified. I mean, they kept me in total terror. You know, I was such a great student up until 1972, and once I realized the difference between legal and lawful, and they could no longer administrate corporal punishment, whatever that meant. Right. I realized the hitting days were over. Oh, man. Oh, man. It was like, oh, I just, like, hallelujah. Like, the chains were break loose. And I, now, I, like, right, now I could be an asshole. That I'm always, I've been an asshole in the whole, but I, 
you know, had to contain myself in school because I don't want my ass beat by these teachers. But yeah. now I can do whatever I want. Holy crap, this is great. You know, I could basically tell the teacher go F himself and there's not a damn thing he could do about it. He can't hit me no more. Oh, hallelujah. I've just been afraid to get my ass kicked. But now they can't do it no more. Holy cow, like freedom at last. Now I could be me. Yeah, you see the problem? The big thing is the legal and lawful. That's what I'm trying to explain about the legal and the lawful. When when you see something legal, it's extremely, like, convoluted and a lot of words. And and like the judge in North Carolina taught me, he says, look, son, if they really wanted you, if they really wanted you to find you guilty and throw throw you in jail, he said they would have charged you with a robbery, theft, murder, kidnapping, assault. He said they would have made it a one word. He said they would have not allowed a loophole in there. He said they would have made it crystal clear that they wanted you to sit in jail. He said, well, when they said add in artificial heat sources, feed the fermentation, alcoholic test, add a federal permit. He said, obviously, if you had a lawyer worth a damn, he would have just got the loophole, and he said you would have got out of here. He said, but... He said the loophole is artificial. He said you just should have said a natural heat source. He said that's just one off the top of the head. And that's all I'm doing with you guys. I'm doing exactly what that judge in North Carolina did. And I said, look, just off the top of my head, what were you charged with? This is what you're charged with. Okay, go in there and tell the judge you did this. You didn't do this, you did that. Yes, you did something. Yes, it might be considered wrong or illegal or unlawful, but that's not what I'm charged with. I'm charged with this, not that. Right. And that's how you hey. can play the game. Yeah. We have one, we have one more person with their hand up. I'm sorry. We have a man yeah, with their hand up. Guys. I appreciate <laughs> you guys. All right. Thank you, Seattle. Okay, um, let's good. see. Good night. R.A. Law, you've been unmuted. Oops. Who? You've been unmuted. Did you have a question? <laughs> hey, cool. Uh, hey, Carl. Hello. Who? I said, hi, Carl. How are you going? Okay, who 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 does Angela say you are? This All is right, Rodrigo. Uh, Ron. Ron. Go, go ahead. What is your name? Yeah, I can't really hear him. It sounds like he's talking in a tube or something like that. I know. <laughs> you sound terrible. Sorry, yeah, like... I had, I, sorry, I've got to move a bit closer. There we are. Is that be better? A little oh. bit. It's echo chamber. I don't uh, know. Hey, Talk. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I just had a little bit of uh, just a quick question in regards to what you were saying before. And when the, um, I think it, I think it was a case what you just mentioned where the um, the husband and wife were in court and the defendant didn't show up, um, and so he the judge couldn't recognize the man. Would like you've mentioned earlier and before, could that man of stood in court and said, okay, well, you know what? Okay, now I'm a person. There you go. I've I've showed up into court, and now I'm a man. There you go. Would that have satisfied the the man acting as judge? Yeah, I'm trying to Angela. He's breaking. Up. He's not breaking up. It just sounds. It's like funny. yeah, you're like in a, a hollow tube, or it sounds. Is yeah, there like any way you can? Like if you if you ever had a, I, have a, I have drums, man. I have drums, so it's like you're talking into a drum. I mean, it's funny. It's 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 vibrating in a weird way, but I kind of heard you say something it's very basic about, about if you go into court and you play all this man stuff and then he goes for the person and then you're looking for a 
then you switch back over to man to try to get the judge to act as a man, but then you have to get the judge to say that it's his court where he'd have to bear liability. So it's a lot. It's just it was a hard question to understand. I mean, I kind of understood the question. Yeah, but, yeah. I'll ask sorry, again. I'll ask it again. So if the defendant, if a man rocks up into court, you know, a, okay, sorry, you know what, you know what, you're going to ask me the question. What are you going to do? You're going to say three or four words and then stop, and I'll try to repeat what you said. If the if the husband rocks up in court, if a if a husband walks up into court, what? Yep. Come if the husband comes to court. If the if the what comes to court? The husband, you know, husband and wife. Oh, husband and wife. Okay. If the husband comes sorry. to court. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I've got problems with. I don't even know where the mic is, man. Sorry. Um. Yeah. If the husband goes to court, and then he says, well, and he and he tries to do the whole free man stuff, and the judge says. Just stop, just stop, and you stop. Just say a couple words and stop. And then you said, if the husband comes to court and he tries to play free man stuff, that's yeah. what you said so far? Okay, and this is, yeah. this, when, when you listen to Angela's show, you'll see how horrible you sound, okay? Yeah. Okay. I know, I, okay, so I know, just say sorry. a couple of words and then stop, okay? So you said, the husband comes to court and he tries to play free man stuff, okay? And say a couple more words and then stop. The judge can't see a man? The judge can't see a man. Is that what you said? The judge can't see a man? Yep. Okay. See, you mean visually impaired or see as he understands that there's a man there? Understands. Understands. That's right. Because he doesn't want to bear liability because he can't judge his fellow man. That's right. Okay. Yep. Then he says, like what you said, okay, he's well, going to give he everything said, well, to the wife. Yes. Well, well, then he... Okay. He's going to give everything to the wife? Yeah. Oh, you know, it's really difficult to understand what you're yeah, saying. He, yeah, he it's said that really he's really muffled. All right. Is yeah. that a bit better? No, absolutely not. Like no. I said, no. No matter what you're doing. I, are you on Skype or something like that? Talking to a microphone or something? Yeah, I'm on Skype. Yeah, that's got to be it. But, yeah, I kind of hear what you're trying to say. You're trying to say if the man comes to court as a husband, he tries to play his free man stuff, and the judge gives everything to the wife, yeah, because right. because uh, because the defendant hasn't shown up in court. The defendant hasn't shown up in court. Okay. Yep. What if he says to the judge? Okay. What now he says to the judge? Court? Now I'm the person. Now I'm the defendant. Yep. Oh, then the trial. And now I'm back to the man. Then, then the trial commenced. And what about he said? Now I'm back to the man. Then the judge can't see anymore. He can't. He can't. He doesn't. He doesn't. It's totally back to a blank screen again. The judge can't. Okay. The judge isn't stupid enough to try to judge okay. this fellow. No judge. No judge. No judge. No judge. No judge has ever put a man in jail. No judge has ever put a man in jail. They put defendants in jail. They put people in contempt of court in jail. They put people convicted. People who were convicted into jail. No judge has ever put a man into jail. He's always put the fence. The judge can't just walk down through the street, the town street, and says, hey, man, get over here. What? You're going to jail. What? I'm the judge, and you're going to jail. What? I don't like what i just seen you do. You know, you're going to jail. The judge just can't walk down the street and just say, I don't like what you did. You're, you know, I'm going to hold you in contempt. I'm the judge. Look at all the stripes I'm on. Look at how big my wig is. You're a man, and you're going to jail. No. He so he has to play the judge could only put defendants who've been defend, right. The judge could only put defendants, legal persons, in jail. The judge can't put a man in jail. And if you don't know how to separate yourself from being a legal person and being a man, 
oh, well. But then, like I said, if you're going into a legal proceeding where you were stupid enough to have a wife with a marriage contract through the state and bank accounts and mortgages through state and financial institutions that are governed by the government, governed or controlled by the state, then the state is going to tell, the, the government's going to tell the state institutions or the LCCs or the banks to take the account and give it to the other legal person because that other legal person isn't there. Right. So if you want to play a legal person, the, the only legal person could like open up a bank account. A legal person could get a mortgage. Only a legal person could have like a cell phone. Only a legal person, you know, could have a, a the, the, the have a car. Man has property. Legal persons have all that other crap. So when you have yeah. a car and you have a child and you have a house and you got a bank account, that's all legal. And they got control of all that legal crap. They ain't got control of property. So when the, if you don't know the difference between the church saying, well, she's going to have the car, she's going to have the house, You're not going she's, going have, she's going to have the children, she's going to have all the shit. It's like, that's right, she can have all that shit. The only thing you better not be making a ruling on church was whether or not you're, you know, giving somebody else my property. You're not talking like, about my property now. You're not, like, you're not, you're not, right, you're, yeah, you're not talking about my property now, Judge. Are you talking about something called a child, something called a car, something called a house, something called a bank? You're not, you're not talking about the property, right? You're not making a ruling on my property, are you? See, that's what I'm saying, because you don't know the difference. One is legal. One is legal and one is lawful. Yeah, got that. Could he have won or turned the court into a common law court? I kind of heard the question. Could he have done what? Could he have turned that statute, that proceeding, into a common law? No, No. absolutely not. He'd be in contempt, and he should be locked up and have a psychological evaluation commenced immediately. Yeah, he needs to make his own claim for it to be his court. Yeah, he better, right. Well, what country are you from? I mean, where are you, where are you calling me from? Australia. Okay. And what was your name? Rod. Rod? Rodrigo. Remember, oh. Yeah, we, we talked about my, my my name last time. Rodrigo Aguirre. Okay. We were talking about your kangaroo and your koala bear, you said? No, my name. Oh, your name. Your name is Rod, R-O-D, like Rodney, like Rod? Rodrigo. Oh, Rodrigo. Oh, wow. That's that's a, yeah, that's an aboriginal name. I'm Chilean. Yeah. <laughs> South American. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a very anyway, aboriginal name. We've this conversation before, so... Anyway. Well, yeah, that's, 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 yeah, that's, that's the translation of your aboriginal click-clack ping-pong name, there, right? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Like Carl, Carl Lentz is a better name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Anyway. That, they, they, that's right. They, they're first, they, what are they? Their first nation is or first settlers? What are they called? They don't like to be called aboriginals. They like to be called uh, first first people or first nations. or. I don't know. They're changing all the time. It's just stupid anyway. Yeah, but what's funny is, yeah, but they could drive without insurance and they could drive without licenses and they could drive without registration. But not many, not many of them know that. So they're stupid to actually go and get registrations and driver's license. So, but a lot of them do, man. A lot of them know that they could just, you know, they just put a, uh, they paint a symbol on the side of their, you know, back quarter panel on their car, and uh, the cops leave them alone because, you know, it's a symbol of their, that they're the first, you know, first people or first nations. Yeah, this oh, is what average. you were bringing up last time we had a chat, and I really didn't understand it because you got some other guy on the call and. Right, okay. Yep. They said it's the same damn thing. 
you find the first first people, the first First Nations people everywhere. Canada, United States, Mexico, uh, Australia. Uh, you find the First Nations people, and uh, you, this is all they do, is they let the government aware that, you know, when you see, uh, you know, a feather hanging off our windshield, man, that means, uh, you know, we're First Nation people, and let us be. So, you know, and they got to let life. That's why I that show with my sister on two uh, Saturdays ago. I said, you people don't believe me? Oh, good. You know what? She's teaching all the Navajos down there, and she's in Gallup, New Mexico, right now as we speak. I said, let me put my sister on the phone, and she could tell you the wonderful world of driving without policemen and without blue lights in your rear view window and without worrying about laws and traffic laws. And she got on and she explained that the even streets are the white man streets and the odd streets are the Indian streets. So if you want to get drinking and driving, all you have to do is go home on the odd numbered streets. And if you uh, don't, if you're in a hurry and you don't want to stop the stoplights or stop signs, drive on the Indian streets because you can do 100 miles an hour and you're not going to get stopped. Yeah, the problem is, is she, yeah, she said that on the show. She said, but what's funny, at those intersections, you see tons of, like, crucifixes everywhere, you know, because yeah. people are dying all over the place. So if people want to live in a free man society like the Navajo Indians, you know, they don't have to have driver's licenses. They don't have to have anything. They could actually get away with going 100 miles an hour through their side, their part of town, and it's not a damn thing the cops are going to do about it. And my sister said on my show, thank God, my sister said on my show, it's not me saying it because I've lived with Indians and I know they're crazy. And uh, so she used to always stick up for the Indians and always say that, oh, I'm making this stuff up. I said, oh, yeah, really? So she said the other day um, some Indian boy uh, got caught shoplifting at a like a five-and-dime store, a discount store, a, uh, a Dollar General store. And uh, he got uh, brought to his chief elders in his nation by the police, the local police. Well, he was so embarrassed that he was arrested and brought to the chief elders that he made a Molotov cocktail, uh, or fire, a gas bomb, uh, in a bottle, and he was standing on the Indian side of the street, and he threw it at the Dollar General store and burnt the Dollar General store down to the ground. And the police and the fire department got there, and the kid was just laughing and dancing his ass off because he was on the other side of the street where the cops couldn't come across and arrest him. So I said to people, if you want to live in a land where you can't be arrested, where you could just do whatever you want, well, go spend some time with my sister down in Gallup, New Mexico, and go hang out with these Indians, 95% of the people she teaches are Indians, and you'll see the uh, how crazy it is to actually live with Indians when you don't have to worry about police, you don't have to worry about law, you don't have to worry about getting arrested. Hey, you want to burn a building down to the ground? Mm, that's fine. You just really pissed off that day? Mm, just burn a building down to the ground. And I said, honestly, uh, the Dollar General store probably didn't really mind that they were burnt down to the ground because, you know, in a white man's world, we have something called insurance. So the Dollar General store obviously probably liked, the, the employees probably liked the store being burnt down because now they probably got all new air conditioning, put in new heating systems in. They got rid of all the old inventory. They got room for new inventory now so that, you know, the insurance companies indemnify it. You know, even though the insurance kid obviously is never going to have to pay a dime for burning that building down to the ground, it's not a damn thing they could do to them, which is pretty funny. 
overall, you know, everything probably worked out okay, you know. But like I said, if you saw some Indian kid winding up to throw a firebomb at your house, you probably would shoot him dead. You yeah. say, you, oh, kid, I, you better, you, you kid, you say, kid, you better drop that thing. You better drop that gas bomb. You better not let that thing fly. You yeah, say, I'm going to burn your house down. Yeah, you, okay. But like I said, in, in a white man's world, it's like, go ahead, burn my house down the ground. I'm okay. I got a million dollar insurance policy on that baby. Go ahead, light it up, kid. So what's your stance on driver's license? Huh? What's your stance on driver's license, sir? What do they do with driver's licenses? What is your stance on that? I, I kind of understand the driver's license question. What What is your stance? Do you believe that we all should have a driver's license even when it's meant to be for commercial use? Well, like I said, the big thing is if you don't have driver's licenses, it's like I said, you know, these free men movements are the kind of people like if we go to Keene, New Hampshire, like a porcupine experiment, whatever they call it up there. And uh, these people are actually going into towns that have been around for three, 400 years, and they're trying to say, well, we don't need licenses, we could drive drunk, we could drink, we could smoke pot, we could walk around naked. And I'm like, hey, 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 you know, if you want to make your own community, there's about 20 miles north, there's tons of forests and trees. Make your own damn city, make your own damn town, make your own damn laws, but leave these people alone. They've been there for 400 years. If they want driver's licenses, if they want license plates, let them be. You didn't have to come from all over the world to occupy Keene, New Hampshire. Go, go make your own damn town. Go find a ghost town out in the middle of nowhere in Utah, Nevada, Texas. Go find a ghost town, you know, that people built and all the gold is gone, all the silver is gone. Go occupy those towns. You know, don't occupy... You can. The government claims all of it as well. The government claims all of it. The what? How can you go build your own little town when the government claims every bit of land? No, that's ridiculous because all you... Well, that's because you don't know how to say that that's public land and they're just holding it, waiting for somebody in the public to come and make a claim. No, in, in this country, no, we can do that. We could, um, we can make a claim for public land, that we're going to occupy the public land, and that we're going to uh, work the land, and that we're going to either like mine or cultivate on it. We're going to make farmland out of it. No, the government allows you to do uh, homesteading here in this, in this country. After right. seven years, yeah, in this, in this country, yeah, after seven years, as long as you occupy it and work it for the seven years... Yeah, then then they'll turn the title over to you. But you got no, you, have heard, to, you have to work the land. I heard of one guy, but he didn't know anything about law. There was a homeless man that lived on some forest, whatever, for 25 years, and he proved it in court, in a statute court, statutory court, and they gave it to him. Instant millionaire. Multi-multi-millionaire. But that was statute, statute law and statutes. 25 yeah, years. Well, he he lived on he lived on some piece of land for twenty five years and yeah homeless under like trees and right and, right and then they did what they gave it to him or something you saying yeah gave it to him yeah but like I said it's the law it's it's a law that's been around forever you know and especially in this country because they want people to occupy desolate areas and that's how you know towns grew and expanded you know it's called homesteading you know it's just just like in Florida. So what's the, what's the common law rule? Florida has homesteading acts like that. No, there's a lot what's of states that have like there's like a homesteading act in Florida. You like if you have a house, if you went down to Florida and you built a house, it's, that's why it's very hard to uh, foreclose on somebody like in Florida. Is because that you uh, uh, came down there and you helped develop a wilderness. You helped develop a place that wasn't occupied by anybody. 
So they create laws to help you, like when you can't pay, you know, the mortgage, you can't pay the loan on all that land or all that buildings that you put on there. They try to help you. Say, well, you know what? If you get into hard times, you know what? We'll create laws down here that you only have to pay back pennies on a dollar because, you know what, we're just grateful that somebody came down to this swamp called Florida and uh, helped develop the land. Very interesting. Yeah, well, that's what the government, most governments want you people to go occupy swamp land and go occupy deserts and go occupy forests. And, well, it know. makes sense. It does. That's good, right. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, because like a national forest or something like that, you know, has no roads in it, you know, so you're going to have to build a road and then other people are going to come in and then people are going to be tourists and, you know, until then, it's just, you know, like you go to Germany, you look at a German forest, it looks like a, looks like a golf course. It's all manicured and pretty. You go to the United States forests and, and, you know, they got all kinds of scrub brush everywhere. You got pine tree, you got all kinds of crap, you know, because it's just wilderness, you know, I mean, it's not like a forest in Germany that's been around for two, three thousand years. And that stuff looks like, you know, looks like a golf course. It's so... All right, wait, how, how do you claim it? Like, because I know somebody up in Queensland. I'm in Victoria, Australia. I don't know if you know the states here, but I'm down south in Victoria, and I know somebody up north in Queensland that wants to do this. Um, how do we go about doing it? Do you just move on the land, or do you have to make a claim in the court? Do you have to notify well, like said, the government? Usually, usually the easiest way to do it in this country is you go for mineral rights. Did you say you, you were walking through, you know, this part of the you know, forest and you saw tin or silver or copper or aluminum or something and you go get it tested and they say, yep, that's iron ore, yep, that's, uh, you know, aluminum or that's, uh, yep, that's zinc. You say, okay, and I'm going to mine it, you know, and they say, okay, you know, as long as you put up some sort of a construction site and it's like you're working the land, you know, you got to be on the land for like seven years. I don't know how often they actually send like somebody from the park service or the forest service out there to see if you're actually on that land for seven years, but who actually wants to just be sitting on some piece of dirt in the middle of nowhere for seven years? Well, can you live there, not just sit there or mine it? Can you actually go and live there and form your own community? Right, you have to be working. You actually have to, like, put a house up, like a log cabin or something like that. You actually have to be, you know, you know, God bless that guy who actually wants to, you know, Davy, who wants to really be that frontiersman kind of guy. Because when people come here, and where I live is kind of rough, like I had no running water for months and I had no electricity, you know, for two or three months. And people come here and they're like, holy cow, this is a rough way to live. I said, rough? I said, three, I go three miles down the street and I got a grocery store. I go five miles and I got, you know, what are you talking about rough? I said, you live out in the woods. You wait until you try to find a grocery store or you find a a place to go get some hammer and nails, you know, and then tell me about being rough. I said, man, I got it easy here. Just because I don't have water or electricity, I don't got it rough compared to if I was homesteading it. Well, like my great right, what, what if you didn't want to make a claim for the minerals and you didn't, well, let's say you don't have the money to set up the foundation to build a construction site. How do you go about making a claim that you want to go and just live there and build your own community? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what, uh, like I said, it's just like I said, it's a home. Like the home, it's just if you just study up homesteading, you know, just say, you know, how your country was. I'm sure your country and nation was developed in the same exact way through homesteading. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I'm sure. I'm sure it was done the same exact way. You know, they opened up, you know, the wilderness of the frontier and said, you know what, 
you stake out 40 acres, you know, and it's yours. You just got to work the land for seven years. As long as you work it for seven years, then you could sell it, trade it, or, uh, you know, or keep it. I'm sure there's all kinds of acts. And what's funny with people, when people see these acts, you know, the biggest thing is if they've never been repealed. You just say, huh, you know what? This act has never been repealed. So you know what? It was law then. It's law now. Since it hasn't been outlawed, it's still in law. Huh. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about an act. Are you talking about acting as a person or what? No, no, no. Like the, no, like the nation. You know, the people who yeah. have the guns, the, the government, the people who have the guns created these acts, yeah. like homestead, homesteading acts. And as long as the homesteading act wasn't repealed, like, say, in 1991, somebody realized, holy crap, we still got this homesteading act on the books. Wow. It, people could still go claim a million acres of land. You know, and uh, holy cow, we better put a hold to that. You know, so if you could find like a homesteading act that's still in effect, it's like, hey, it's never been outlawed. Nobody says we and can't man, do it anymore. And a man can use that homesteading act. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And then he could go occupy that land. And still, and even if he didn't have a homesteading act, he could still go occupy the land. And they could say, is this a public land? Is this a public forest? Yes, but I'm going to claim, as a member of the public, I'm going to claim this section of the forest or this section of the land, and I'm going to use it. If anybody has an objection or anybody has another claim to wanting to use this land, let me know, and we'll work out some sort of compromise or a deal. But until somebody comes forward, you know what? I'm going to go use this public land because I'm the public, and my public servants you know, are there to make sure that I have access to that land. That's what they're here for is a public land. Hmm. To say that's the whole yeah. mindset, right, that's the whole mindset, is that that's the public land. And that's what people wanted to grow pot in uh, marijuana or whatever in Canada. So I said, why are you doing it on your property? Why did, you know, you know, like I said, that's kind of uh, crazy because, you know, you, his, this guy's wife got arrested, his son got shackled, his wife got shackled. I said, look, instead of putting your family at risk, why don't you just go get some public land and go grow it on some public land? And, and, then, if they touch your, and then if they touch your property, you've got a, a claim against whoever the man touches your property and steals your property. Right. Well, like I said, you tell the public officials, look, I'm going to be using public land to cultivate hemp or whatever you want to call it. And if anybody's got a problem with me cultivating hemp on this public land, especially another man, you know, another member of the public, let me know. You know, I'll, I'll take it under advisement, you know, if a public official tells me I shouldn't do it, but a public official can't tell a member of the public what he can and cannot do. Yeah. You know, you can... Uh, always, and, you know, you build, and you build roads on your on that public land that you claim. When you claim that public land, does that become, pri- does that become property of your, your own? Well, it's, like I said, people always have this argument all the time, you know, do anybody have the right to own any land, you know, Honestly, you know, because somebody like, uh, I'm trying to think of the two people that I could think of really famous in this country. One is um, uh, Ted Turner, who ran CNN, and the other guy is um, uh, Hank Williams Jr. They basically own millions and millions of acres of land up in Lake Montana in North Dakota. They basically own the state because the land was so cheap that they were buying, you know, thousands of acres for pennies. So they, they're like the biggest like landowners here in this country. But like I said, when you hear that there's like two people, it's, you know, two men that own millions of acres, that kind of sounds funny. 
you know, but nobody's living up there, but it still sounds kind of funny. Like, do they really own that land? Like, if you wanted to go from point A to point B, you really have to drive 500 miles or 1,000 miles around this guy's fence. Or can you just go straight across this? Can you really, I mean, if this guy's land goes 1,000 miles this way and 500 miles this way and you got to go straight across the middle, do I really got to go all the way around this guy's fence? Or can I just say, hey, you know what? I'm going through this guy's fence. I'm taking it down well, do my way. Um, huh? Do you need permission or can you go through it without permission? That's right. That's the big, that's always the big argument since time began. You know, if you, know, you take the fence down you know, and you put it back up, and you can't continue with your travels, and then you get to the other side, you take this fence down, and you put it back up, did you do any harm? Did you do any damage? Just because you trespassed on this man's land, he's got millions of acres. You know, it's 1,000 kilometers this way and 500 kilometers this way. You know, what am I supposed to do? Drive all the way around? Well, I'm just going to drive straight through. You say, hey, you trespassed. Okay, well, where's the damage? Did I damage your, the land? Did I damage your crops? Did, no. Did I damage any animals? No. Well, you just weren't supposed to go here. Didn't you see the sign that said, for the next thousand miles, this is my land? It's like, honestly, I really didn't give a shit that was your land. Honestly, I just wanted to go from point A to point B, and your land just happened to be my way. Yeah, very interesting. I'll be researching this a lot more. I haven't really touched on it that much at all. Yeah, so like I said, it's 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 it's, it's always a it's always a very uh, interesting topic when people start talking like that, and that's why basically people left Europe. People left Europe because there was only a couple of dukes, earls, and knights, and you know they were controlling all the land, and the people basically had nowhere to go. It's like where do we go? You know, the dukes and earls and everybody they own all the land. We got to be stuck in these little stupid cities. I guess it would just coming. It would come down to a common law court where some man has done you harm, injury, or loss to your property, being at your land. Oh, well, well that, land. that's that's why that's why, like I said, that's why so many people left Europe because the farmers, if they got into a hard time, they had to sell their land and then they had to move into the cities, and then only the really extremely rich people had all this beautiful farmland. And if you wanted to work the farmland, it cost you a lot of money to work for the baron or the the count or the county guy. So what happened is that's why they realized in the Commonwealth nations like the United States, Canada, Australia, and England, banks can't own land because banks will always have the money to loan to a man. But man is so stupid, he'll sell his land for a, for a fancy car. Or he'll sell his land for a diamond ring, for some bimbo. So yeah. man is stupid. Man will actually sell his land, beautiful land, you know, that his grandfather developed and worked and killed and died for. Man will sell his land like his grandchildren will, like, you know, inherit the land, and he'll, he'll sell it for a fancy car. And the banks will be more than glad to take it. But then if the banks can own land, believe me, this country, the United States, would have been owned by banks a couple hundred years ago. Because yeah. people are so stupid, you know, like if, if you had an 18-year-old kid who just got a 1,000-acre farm, he's going to sell it for a fancy car. Well, grandpa yeah. died. Yeah, fuck farms. I want to go to have a fancy car, and he's going to sell it to the bank. So like what I said, about, if you, there'd, be no more land, there'd be no more land available in this country if banks were allowed to own land. That's, that's right. why when that's people right. have, that's why people have, that's right, when people have mortgages, right, they have the title. 
that the bank could hold the title, and then they have a deed, and man holds the deed. You'll never see a deed written out to a bank. The deed is always written out to a flesh and blood man. So that's why there's always two documents. There's always two documents there. You know, you always got the deed, and you always got a title. You know, the bank can have a title, whoopee-doo. A title can be taken from you, a title is given to you. But, you know, the deed, you know, the land can't be taken from man. It can't be done. Yeah, right. I actually work in real estate, so that makes a lot of sense. Well, it's funny if you work in real estate, and I'm the first bloke that told you that. That's pretty amazing. But well, that's yeah. how it is. We have a couple more people with their hand up. Do you want to take any more questions? Uh, I got, sorry, I've got one more quick question. What about another country? Can another country like China buy Australian land, you know, off the government or off, you know, no, I guess it's off the government? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That's why when Dean Clifford was saying, burn your birth certificates, I was like, that's the only form of proof that you came from that land is your birth certificate. Like, I'm from the United States. I would hope that Canada would be stupid enough to sell me land because I'm not a Canadian. You know, and like I said, when I when people when I say to people, it's like, look, you're a, you know, man and land is the same word. And it's, if people don't believe me that you come from the land, it's like, well, when you fall down and die, you're going to go back into the land in about 20 minutes or 20. Yeah, years no, we get that, we get that, right. we get that. So right. So like I, I said, what the Chinese asked me. Right. I had a phone call a couple of years ago, and some Chinese guys wanted to put up a wind farm, and I was doing some wind farm uh, training from the federal government, put me gave me some free money to go learn how to do wind farming. They gave it available to everybody, basically, in the United States who wanted to learn how to do a wind farm who had a farm or ranch land and was doing wind turbines. So some Chinese guys actually asked me, how you know how do we take the United States government to court because they let uh, British companies come in on the West Coast uh, in Seattle, like Puget Sound, and they let the Dutch come in and put up wind farms, but they won't let us come in and put up wind farms. Is it that simple? I said, just sell your company to an American like me for a dollar. And then I'll get all the leases for you and I'll get all the permits for you. And uh, it'll the name of the uh, company will be and the owner will be me. And I said, and then uh, obviously, you know, it's going to be a corporation. So you're going to be the majority shareholders, you know, but the, the owner has to be an American. The owner has to be a man from the United States. He said, but they didn't make the, the English do it, and they didn't make the Dutch do it. And I said, yeah, because the Dutch and English are white. I'm not going to let a Chinese right. party. Right, so let me get this straight. I could actually go and walk on the land that the Chinese bought in Australia, because they've bought a lot of land here. And I you could think they bought, you think they bought. You'd think they bought a lot of land there. You better find out who actually owns it. Yes, yeah, so it would be like... You know, a, a country you better find out. You better find out. No, no, just because you see a lot of the Chinese buying it, you better find out is it a corporation that leased the land, or you better find out if it's a man who actually owns the land. See, because I could go so down to Mexico. I could go down to Mexico. I can't buy land, but I could lease it for ninety nine years. But I can never. And you're own it. paying rent. Basically, it's basically paying rent, right? I could go down there and buy a million acres. Well, I can't buy it. I'm leasing a million acres, and they could, I could say it's the Carl Lentz Ranch, Mexico, and uh, everybody will believe I own the land. But the government people really know, since I'm not Mexican, all I'm technically doing is leasing it for 99 years, which basically means. Okay, right. Yeah, no, it sank, it sunk in a little bit. Okay, so if a, if a, a Ch- so even a Chinese man from China can't own Australian land, right? I, I presume that I'd make a hell of a presumption that there is no effing way 
<laughs> the Australian government is going to let China buy Australian land. Lease it for 99 years? Sure. Own it? Oh, hell no. I can't well, imagine. But, Australia, I mean, if the Mexicans aren't that stupid, I can't imagine Australian being that stupid. Okay, we need to move on now, gentlemen. All right, cool. All Thanks right. for that, Mike. Thanks, Thanks Angela. Thank you. Okay. Well, maybe if we maybe if we move on, I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, what would you like to do, my dear? We've got two people with their hands up, and uh, yeah, just one of those stupid questions. I mean, assuming we've we've questions. gone two hours and forty two minutes. If we can keep it under fifteen minutes, how's that? Yeah, I guess you could they could ask the question real quick. I mean, if I if I don't want to answer, it, I'll just say call me. That's all I'll do. I'll just say call <laughs> okay, me. Okay, Budman, four fifty nine. What's the question? Well, uh, first, Angela, I want to ask you a question. Uh, I okay. think I heard uh, some time ago that there was a group of people that were getting their own insurance pooled together that, that like, didn't have a driver's license. Does that ring a bell? Yeah, a long time ago. Uh, well, these... Some people were doing that. I don't know if it worked. Yeah, I but, like, they, they got of course trouble. they do it. Oh, uh-huh. They got in trouble? No, I mean, you got Mormons do it. No. You know, Amish people do it. No, everybody yeah. you know, can create your own insurance did you, company. Did you say they got in trouble? Um, yeah, I thought they did. It was a guy named, uh, it's funny, his name was Rodrigo, I believe. And he was, uh, they, they they created their own insurance. This was up in Oregon. And Maria was in on it, I think. And I think Rod knew about it. Rod class and them. This was way. This was ten or fifteen years ago. What did they use as the, 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 the commission, the the insurance commission, or something happened? Something came down on them because they were selling policies, and you know, and so they didn't comply with some insurance. Stuff. Yeah, for, I don't know probably like yeah, like they had to have, they had to have some sort of assets, you know, in escrow somewhere. Right, or they were. So, just, yeah, I, because I you understand what you understand. You understand what escrow is, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's where they hold money. Yeah, well, uh, they have a certain amount of money, like say a half a billion dollars that they'll put in escrow, and then it's a, the account that's like rock class can't touch, but like the courts and the state have access to it, and that way, if somebody makes a claim against rock class's insurance company. Right. You know, and they find in court that uh, Rod Class's uh, insurance company is, you know, is at fault. You know, yeah, I don't think he was involved with it, but he was I'm aware just saying, of it. I'm, I'm right. I'm just saying anybody. Okay. Whoever well, I think what happened was uh, they were, I you know, they were spending the money. Right. Well, I'm saying if they I didn't have it in one of those escrow accounts or something. Right. That's what I'm saying. If right, if I wanted to have an insurance company call Lance as an insurance company, obviously I tell the Secretary of State I'm going to be uh, issuing, uh, you know, indemnification insurance policies in this state. And uh, you know, where would you like me to put, and how many funds would require or would satisfy the state, you know, for me to. Uh, you know, start issuing out insurance policies. Do I have to have, you know, $10,000 for every million-dollar policy I write out in escrow? You know, what do you people require? Yeah, I'm you sure can be self-insured. Sure. I think it's 50000 You have to put up a, a property. Bond, dollars okay. yeah. yeah. Well, you can't get a bond, so you just make your well, own. What I'm, saying is when you, what I'm saying that, what I'm trying to say then, if you get, like, say, if $50,000 for one person, say there's 10 different people that want to get in there, then you could say, look, with fifty thousand for one person, will two hundred thousand cover ten people? You see what I'm saying? That's the whole thing with with insurance policies. The more people that you have on the policies, 
the, the less the rates go down because the odds of getting in tr- uh, hurt, like me, I've never made an insurance policy claim in my life, and I'm 50-something years old now, and there's plenty of people who never made an insurance claim. And they said the insurance companies, they pay out about uh, 13 cents on a dollar for every dollar they take in. But obviously, you know, if you have a big, you have a big pool of people, obviously, you know, the amount of money that you have to probably have is, uh, to cover each, you know, individual in that policy, you know, a member of that policy is probably very tiny. But if you only well, have three... Well, isn't that once yeah, you like go you in said, on... on Right. Like you said, if, 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 there's only, if, there's, if you're the only person, obviously, you better put a 50 grand up front, you know, but obviously, if you can have, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, you know, 50,000 people, obviously, the amount that you have to put in per, you know, covered individual, you know, I'm sure it's going to be minimal. Well, if we can get a bunch of people on the call, maybe we can get a discount or something. He'd have to do like an Alex Jones kind of crowd where there's a million people listening, you know. Well, Carl, I will ask you. I've got a friend that's in uh, in jail. We're trying to get a habeas corpus filed on him, and they won't, uh, ex- you know, they keep learning this through the ringer. They, they, haven't, they haven't ruled on it in a timely manner, and uh, it's been one thing after another. Um, I guess we weren't putting in the right court at first. We were going into the uh, district court instead of going to the uh, criminal court of appeals. Yeah, because everything is, it was totally gibberish. Because you just kept saying day. Who gives a shit? And there was Mr. Day? Well, it was Mrs. Day. You said they didn't move in a timely manner. Mr. or Mrs. Day. Which day are we You to tell me. Well, the, uh, the district court Oh, the district court. Oh, really? So, yeah. is that his first name or last name? Well, I don't. I don't know what call his name was. We'll call him Bob for now. Oh, okay. Well, because you said the district court and they. So I don't know if the district court has ever done, and I've never seen a district court do anything. So if you're saying the district court is moving slow, hmm. well, that's what I, I think. It's always, it's always every time I've looked down the street, the the district court's always sitting at the same location it's always been. Well, that's what we're doing right now. Is I'm writing a letter directly to the magistrate, to the judge, and to the clerk. Mm. Um, the magistrate uh, is... I, I, got, I got a hell of a judge, and it's called... To the man who's holding the position as a magistrate and holding... Yeah, well, then I guess, I guess you got to stop being sloppy and lazy, and you got to make it a lifestyle. And everything that comes... See, I'm a minimalist. See, Germans were very minimalist people. We love micro, everything. We like everything small. It's quick and simple and easy. We love it. And the minimal I have to say is the man acting as a judge. That's as fast as I can say judge. I can't say judge because the judge is my dog. The judge is a cat. The judge is a, a fruit fly. A judge could be anything. So I have to say a man acting as judge. And that's as minimal as I could say it. It really sucks because I would just love to say judge or I'd love to say they. But I can't say they and I can't say judge because it's gibberish. I have to say you know, that man over there who's acting as the judge, that man who's acting as the bailiff, that man over there. Because i got to hold them liable. You can only hold a man liable. You can't hold a judge liable. You can't hold any government agent, government entity, U.S. Marshal, police officer liable. It can't be done. It never has been done. It'll never be done. You can only hold a man liable. It's that simple. And everybody's like, right. I'm going to sue that cop. Really? What cop? You mean the dog cop? The, the the cat cop? Which cop? Which cop are you talking about? What's a cop? 
Well, police officer, or the policy enforcement officer, what, for all state, prudential, state farm, which policy enforcement officer? Which one are you talking about? You mean the man who's wearing that blue uniform? Oh, yeah, you could sue him. To the police officer? Funny, are you, are you on drugs? Oh, you're from They've California. also been, uh, you know, they, they claim that uh, we had to fill out a standard form, but when they, they, the standard form is defined as having the essential elements. We turned in the essential elements, and they said that it wasn't, you know, done on the standard form, and that was the first reason to get it held up. Yes, because, you know, because, again, like you said, they told you it's not on the standard form. Was it, <laughs> again, was it Susie Day? Or is the, is, is, I always wondered that. Is they Hungarian or Slavic? I mean, what kind of last name is they? It's not a first name. I mean, it's not Japanese or Chinese. That, that would be we and you. But who's the well, they? Enough said. Yeah, we've well. That's what that's what I'm I'm doing now. So we'll see if we can get that rectified. Yeah, because all this yeah. silly gibberish stuff about they told you to fill out a form. Susie told you that. So as far as land goes, if you don't find did, minerals, did, I mean, did, you, did, did did Susie tell you that, or did they tell you that? Did Susie uh, and Betty tell it, you? It did came Susie, from the, it did, came from the from Mr. You know Bob the judge. Oh, no, really. I thought you said the standard form. They said the standard form. So Bob and Susie told you that it was the standard form. Yes. Oh, okay. Not they. No. Yeah, okay. So why did you ask Bob and Susie, you know, who are they to tell you what to do? Oh, no, that's right, because that'd be standing up to authority, and you've got to be from New York City to have that kind of attitude. To say, hey, Bob, hey, Susie, who are you talking to? I'm talking to you. Oh, really? And, and and how are you better than me again? Or what? You don't you don't wipe your behind like I do? Or you don't put your pants in one leg at a time? See, that's what my dad told me. He said, I don't care if you're JFK. I don't care if you're the Pope. You put your leg on the pants one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I don't care if you're Jesus Christ. I guarantee he wiped his ass the same way you're going to wipe yours. He says you don't take shit from nobody. They ain't no better than you. So see, I had this whole mentality since I was a little tiny kid. My dad had absolutely no respect for any kind of authority. There's somebody thinking that they're better than him. Absolutely, he couldn't read or write English. He couldn't care less if you threw a piece of paper and said, you see what that says? Nope. You see what it says? This is the law, and you've got to obey the law. What law? On this piece of paper? Huh. I didn't write that thing. Did you write it? No. I certainly can't read it. I certainly didn't write it. So who the hell are you trying to tell me? Did you write that law? No. That's not my law. That's not your law. So who the fuck's law is this? Well, it's just a law. How the fuck do I know? Well, I'm telling you, I'm a cop. Oh, and I'm going to trust a cop. I'm going to trust some strange cop I've never met before in my life to tell me that what's, what that thing says. Oh, you're out of your mind. What do you think? I'm some stupid Indian and this is a treaty? And I'm going to believe you? Oh, please. I'm not going to fall for that. Do I look like an Indian? Do I look that stupid? It's a lifestyle, dude. And then it's uh, so it's simple. It's so simple to fly to these courts. It's so simple to get to these habeas courts. It's so simple. When you know how to act like a man, because you're talking to another man. But no, you're not talking to another man. You're talking to a they. You're talking to a. You're talking to all kinds of crazy shit. You're talking to something called a judge. A dog's a hell of a judge. Whether or not he should, you know, eat this bone or shouldn't eat this bone, he's a hell of a judge. You want to meet my dog? He's a hell of a judge. Because you guys are just nuts, and that's why I said I've always felt really alone, man. Because you guys are. You know, I try to explain this stuff to people, and people just look at me like, oh, now you're just being silly, Carl. Oh, now you're just being stupid. Oh, you know what I mean, Carl. You know what they mean. They're going to come and get us. You know, the IRS. Oh, the IRS. 
oh, that's just, that's scary. Three letter words, are, you know, three letters are going to come after me. It's something called an IRS. How big is the IRS? Oh, it's big. Oh, it is powerful. Oh, is it kind of like a like a one of these giant ant, you know, horror movies? It's like a grasshopper or a cricket. I mean, what, what does an IRS minutes. look like? Well, uh, if, you know the the uh, what was it the Bundys who were had their uh, cows and such up on the federal land and the the feds no, were trying to on, kick them on, off. It was, on, it, was, it was on public land. It was on public land. It wasn't on federal land. It was on public. No, land. Well, excuse me, excuse me. Federal, but yeah, it was the federal um, Bureau of Land Management that was trying to, to kick yeah, them yeah, off. Yeah, because that, that we the public put them in charge to make sure people like Bundys aren't run around destroying public land without compensation. That's all they were asking them for. Compensate us. If you want to put your million cows up here, not a problem. You want to pay us? The Bundy said yes. The Bundy's paid them for a couple of years. And then the Bundy said, you know what? Screw them. That's public land. We're the public. We're going to use this land. And the feds were like, mm, no, we had an agreement. You said you'd pay us like a dollar an acre, and you won't pay us the $50 you us, so get off the land. Like no, well, he, he was saying it should be paid to the state. What wasn't that the disagreement? Oh, who gets Dan? He wasn't going to pay a dime. Oh, he was God. just trying to get out of pay. He was just trying to get out of pay. It wasn't well, that much money they wanted. They didn't want that much money. But well, everybody, everybody, every, everybody knew the rules up there. Okay. It's public land. If you want to use public land, that's fine. And he was allowed to use it. And he agreed to pay a certain amount of money. And he was paying it. Then all of a sudden, they just stopped. Okay, why did they stop? Oh, well, now I want to pay the state instead. Hey, you know what? Modify the contract. Change it. Go to court and say, hey, you know what? Let's do a declaratory judgment. Let's do a DJ real quick. Let's ask a judge his opinion. Hey, do you think it should go to the state? Do you think it should go to the feds? No. What did they do? They just stopped paying. So when they stopped paying the feds, did they stop paying the state? No. So don't tell me that they thought it should go to the state because I want to see the check that they wrote out to the state instead of writing it out to the feds. Because they didn't. Okay, let's wrap that up, and we're going to West Maryland real quick. Did you have a question? Uh, yes, I have a alleged uh, a loan, and I had sent um, to the uh, alleged creditors um, a debt validation letter. So I, I sent it out, and I put in there that if they transfer or sell the loan within the 30 days without them validating the loan, then they would have to pay X amount of dollars. So they transfer it three times, and now what they're doing is the the last person is garnishing my check. So now I want to, and I had everything notif- uh, notarized, and I sent certified mail. So now I would like to uh, go on the offense and and file a complaint. But I'm trying to wonder how do what steps do I uh, take to file a complaint? Uh, where do I file a complaint? And then how do I go after uh, their bonds? Wow, this guy definitely has never listened to my show. That's not going to happen in no three minutes. I'll tell you yeah, that first, much. First of all, there's I, no <laughs> such thing as nobody wants to hear. Nobody wants to hear a complaint. Nobody. Nobody's going to care about a complaint. The first thing that you said is if you, you sent some sort of letter, they transfer, sell, da 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 da. Yeah, well, if that's not written as a provision in the original contract, you can't modify what the original contract what they wish to do with it unless you stipulate it before you underwrote the document that you signed for that loan. Now, if you wrote in the loan the very first day that you were, you got the loan, say, oh, no, 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 no. And I'm going to put all these clauses and conditions and uh, all these, uh, you know, exemptions in there. I'm going to say, well, you can't transfer itself, da, 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 without my direct consent. Now, if you signed the loan 
you have to live with those terms and conditions of the loan. Now, if you come up with a great idea, oh, oh, you know what? I'm not going to let them sell it. I'm not going to let them do this. I'm not going to let them do that. And if they try to do that, I'm going to do this, this, and this to them. Well, the court's going to throw you out laughing at you because it's not part of the original conditions of the of the contract of the loan. Even though I never had a loan with them at all? I thought you said you had a loan. It's a alleged loan because I, I never contracted with uh, whoever uh, sent me a letter saying they, they wanted to collect money from me. It's, it's a, it's a holder in due course. You never heard of the holder in due course? Uh, no. Okay, it's just very simple. I'll do it really quick. Say Popeye and, and uh, Pluto and Wimpy. Okay, we'll do Popeye. Popeye's a real mm-hmm. nice guy. Okay, he's getting he's getting tired of being dicked around by Wimpy, who says he'll gladly pay him Tuesday for a hamburger today. So he says, you know what? I don't want to go and break Wimpy's kneecaps, but you know what? Pluto will do it. Pluto will bust up Wimpy good. So you know what? Pluto says, hey, you know what? How how much how many how many notes do you have there from Wimpy? How many IOU notes do you got? He's like, I got a thousand dollars worth of IOU notes. Pluto says, hey, I'll give you twenty bucks for all of them. Popeye says, great. I'm just great grateful to see Wimpy out of my face. You know what? Go collect a thousand dollars of notes any way you wish. And that's what Pluto's doing. He's going to go bust the guy up. He say, hey. Uh, you owe Popeye a thousand dollars. You know, you owe I got a thousand dollars worth of notes on you. It's like, yeah. What are you going to do about it? Uh, I'm going to do the same thing I told Popeye. I gladly pay you Tuesday. Oh yeah? No, you what? You're going to give me ten grand. Ten grand? Yeah, it's interest, pays, fines, and penalties and fees. So if Wimpy knew the law, Wimpy'd say, well, how much did you pay for that damn uh, notes? So Pluto could only collect twenty bucks because that's only Pluto's got put into it. So Pluto only got twenty bucks vested into that interest and that notes. That's all he collects. That's the easiest way for you to do it. That's the angel that I didn't answer that question. You just find a debt collector. You find the person who's collecting, and you say, hey, I want to see how much that you paid for these damn notes, how much you paid for this loan. You've got to tell me exactly how much you paid for this, how much that, how much that you got into it, because I only have to pay you what you got into it. I don't have to pay what you know the notes read. I only have to pay what you have into it. And if you go to my website, Broadmind.org, yeah, I, there's a funny video on there that explains the holder and due course rule. What was that website again? Uh, Broadmind.org, B-R-O-A-D-M-I-N-D.org. Go, and it says, I'm not sure exactly what page it is. I haven't been on my website in almost a year, and I just was on there today putting a picture in there. But uh, it's the holder, I, saw the hold, I saw the holder and due course rule. Mm. And the so holder and due course rule, will make crystal clear sense to you. And then, like I said, it is whoever bought the paper, whoever bought the note, whoever bought the IU, technically, legally, lawfully in law, he can only collect what he's got into it. You can't, no man can claim more than his due. So if you borrowed $10,000 from me, I can't claim $10,001. That'd be usury fee. That would be a profit on my fellow man. And I can't make a profit on my fellow man. I can't charge you a usury fee. It's I think it's even in the Constitution you can't do it. So I can only claim what's due. Now, most people don't know that's unlawful and illegal to you charge people fines, penalties, interest, and all that other stuff. That's unlawful. You can't do that. But most people don't realize it because we've lived with it our whole entire adult lives that, well, they're going to charge me a fine and interest rates and penalties and fees. No, they fucking can't. They can only claim what's due. They can't ask for one damn dime more. They can't do it. And when you say you can only claim what's due and what they've got invested, so you're saying like a third-party debt collector pays, you know, what, 
fifty cents on the dollar for a debt. That's all he could get. That's all he could get. Not one dime more. He bought the note. He he's he could claim what is due. That's the party. That's the holder in due course rule. I mean, that's why I got that funny video up there. It's a banjo music. It's a guy in a rowboat. I mean, it's entertaining. It's a cartoon, and almost all my stuff that I'm doing. I'm trying to find people who could put it in cartoon forms like that because people love watching cartoons. Now, even though I asked them to validate the debt and they didn't, in the, the they have uh, to, they have to validate it. They have to validate it. Well, it depends on what you claim what validate means. It's not so much validate it. To me, it's saying, okay, bottom line, how much did you pay for that debt though? How much did you pay for that? You know, how much did you pay? You don't have to say validate it. How much did you pay? Show me the receipt. You might right, so somebody. I requested that along with the Q-SIP numbers and everything else, and instead I didn't using all that fan, Instead of using all that fancy, ridiculous Q-SIP, because Q-SIP is such a tiny part of the financial structure in this nation, it's minuscule, but people always go Q-SIP. Q-SIP is just a little tiny organization out of Texas. It's tiny. It's not as big as you people think it is. So get away from that silly nonsense. The big thing is just to say to these financial institutions or these third-party debt collectors, show me how much you paid for this debt note. Show me how much you paid for this loan. Show me. Show me how much that you have, you gave, 10 cents on a dollar, you know, 90 cents on a dollar. Show me, and I will compensate you everything that you got coming to you. Not one dime more, not one dime less. I will give you everything that's owed. And, now, then, you, and, then, and then once you give him that 10 cents on a dollar, he has to relinquish that note to you. He has so to give the IOUs, he, just like Pluto, Wimpy, and Popeye. Once Wimpy gives Pluto that twenty bucks, Wimpy's got to get he could get the right to take those thousand dollar worth of bills, thousand dollar bills, back in his possession. Pluto's got to turn them over, even though they're worth a thousand dollars. He only paid twenty bucks for it. Wimpy gives him twenty bucks. Pluto's got to give him a thousand dollar bills back. Oh well, that's the law, and every damn judge knows it. You guys don't know because you're too busy watching, you know, whatever, and you're too busy. Studying Q-SIPs and ridiculous nonsense like that that you don't have to be studying if you just knew the simple basic law of this land. So if I requested uh, how much it's supposed to be and they don't respond, then what? They will respond. Well, obviously, they will never respond. Bob and Susie and Billy might, but unless you know somebody named Susie They or Bobby They, they will never respond. There's no such thing as a They. You've got to get these silly pronouns out of your guys' minds until you live a simple lifestyle. And stop so I sent it to the chief financial officer of the company. And okay, you, know, you go talk to Bob, who's the chief financial officer, the CFO. Okay. You talk to Bob, the CFO. Right? And I requested them to – oh, go ahead. And you can say, hey, Bob, I believe you're the CFO. Uh, how much did your company invest into this note, this loan, this debt? that I owe to Bank of America. How much did you invest? How much do you have in it? How much did you pay for it? What do you've got coming to you? He might say that he bought the note flat out, right? Or you might say he's going to collect a portion. He didn't buy it, but that he's got a, uh, he's a third party in the, you know, the debt collector, but he's actually working as a contractor for the bank and he's going to get 10% of whatever he collects. He could also go down that route with you. That could be an option. He could be a contractor. So I already did that, and I gave them. I gave the chief financial officer 
uh, 30 days to respond, and I received nothing at all. Okay. So you said, you said, you right. You didn't write to Bob. You wrote to the CFO. You didn't say but Bob. But I, I put their name in there. Yeah, whoop-de-doo. You got to say, hey, Bob, I believe you're a man. I believe you're saying that another man, I owe you a debt. How much do I owe you, Bob? Did you write him a note like that? One syllable words? No, not you, man. No way in the world. You no way in the world you stuck to one syllable words. No way. And like I said, when uh, the the judge in England said somebody called me up from England, he says, "Holy shit, call! You're absolutely right." I said, "That's right, but right about what this time in particular?" He says, "Right there in the middle of trial." He says, "I started doing this common law spiel, and the judge told me stop right there." The judge said. If you want to play this common law, and I think this is what you want to do, I think you're trying to move on to common law. And, the judge, and he said, yeah, you better stick to one-syllable words. You start using these fancy, legal, mumbo-jumbo, two-, three-syllable words, you're going to lose your court really quick. So let me give you advice, the judge said to this man. Keep it to one-syllable words. What do I owe you, Bob? That's okay. how you have to write your letter. Yeah, none of this Q-sip. None of this crazy nonsense. What do I owe you, Bob? Okay? Once you start learning how to talk to each other man-to-man, holy crap, you're going to start laughing your ass off when you realize how simple this shit is. Man-to-man. Simple. You're making this way too effing complicated. See how other people are watching Dancing with the Stars? You're just getting way too damn complicated for your own good. You're wasting too many years of your life on stupid shit that you need to know. Okay. Yep, just keep it simple. Say, hey, Bob, how much do I owe you? I believe you're in charge of this company. I believe you're the Dr. Frankenstein behind the Frankenstein. And, uh, you know, you're the creator of this little monster. And this monster is, uh, you know, you know, stepping on my, you know, stepping on my life. And uh, I'd like to know, uh, what's it going to take to get your monster off my back? How much do I owe you, Bob? Okay. Just talk to Bob man to man. And you'll see how amazing this works. But like I said, my uncle was the president of a bank, uh, Banco de Ponce. Now he's the vice president of Visa. My mom was a Fed, a tax auditor for years. I talk to them just like I'm talking to you. They're not monsters. They don't got two heads. They're not green. They're normal people. You talk to them man to man, you can't believe how easy the magic happens. You can't believe how well they talk back. But you start talking to them all fancy mumbo-jumbo bullshit, oh, you watch how legalese they'll go up on your ass. You know, okay. the lawyer up on you in a heartbeat. But talk to man to man and see what happens. Okay. Yeah, pretty simple. Say, hey, you know, your little monster's causing me harm. You know, I'd like you to back that monster off. What's it going to take, Bob? Talk to me man to man. What's it going to take? And you'll say, holy shit. These guys, uh, like I said, uh, who did that? That basketball player from Chicago, Malik Dixon. He said he was running to the Secretary of State for years. He said he never got an answer. He said, duh. Secretary of State don't have hands, fingers, and toes. I said, how about we talk to uh, Joe, the Secretary of State? He said, what? I said, let's write a letter. So I wrote a letter. Malik mailed it on Monday. He says, he called me up. He says, holy shit, Paul. I got a letter back from him on Wednesday. I said, gee, wasn't that fucking amazing? I thought you said Secretary of State never wrote you back. He said, that's right. He didn't. That's right. Because you were talking to the Secretary of State. How about talking to Bob next time? And how about we talk to Joe? And say, how fast Joe response. He says, shit. Joe said, I got your letter Tuesday and I'm responding back to you today. He's like, holy shit. He said, I got the letter back from him on Wednesday. I said, yeah, ain't that amazing? And you're in Chicago. And he's down at Springfield, Illinois. Ain't that amazing? 
you got a letter from all the way from Springfield back to you in Chicago. You mailed it on Monday. You got it on Wednesday. And he, he read the letter on my show. And everybody does that to me. I said, damn, we called it. We wrote to the minister in province and we said, hey, Joe, how you doing? You know, this is Bob. You know, and they wrote a simple letter. Two, three sentences, boom, done. Don't write any of these freaking novels. Don't make it one page. Nobody wants to read no one-page letter. I mean, I, I mean, when I get a birthday card, I just want a birthday card that says, happy birthday, uh, good luck next year. I don't want a birthday card with three or four sentences, and I don't want a whole damn birthday card with a whole damn page of written crap. Just just give me a damn birthday card that says, hi, happy birthday, happy 50th birthday. That's it. You know, don't make me read, you know. You know, don't give me a birthday card with a whole damn page of crap on it. I, I don't need this shit. Nobody wants to read anymore. So make it simple. Hey, Bob, you got this uh, little... Uh, you know, a little corporation, a little, uh, you know, a little creature, a little, you know, monster you know, running around here, man. You know, is it really a stepping on my world, stepping on my life? Uh, what do I owe you, Bob, to back this monster off? But make it nice. Don't, 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 don't be an asshole. Just say, hey, what's it going to take, Bob? So if I send another letter like that, you think that they will stop garnishing my check? Well, like I said, you have to start with a simple letter saying, hey, Bob. Are you the uh, CFO of uh, whatever? You know, I'd like to hear from you soon. I uh, uh, hope you have a happy holiday seasons and, uh, you know, Merry Kwanzaa, whatever. You know, and uh, it's amazing. It's funny. Some guy in Canada did that last year. That's why I brought it up because the guy, uh, he put, like, snowflakes on there. I said, hey, man, that's a good touch. Why don't you put, like, some snowmen on there, maybe some, like, Santa Claus flying on a reindeer? He says, okay, lose the snowflakes. I said, no, 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 I'm not being sarcastic. No, I'm serious. They will remember that letter for the rest of their freaking life. No, no, no. This is how you talk to them man-to-man. This is how you get to them on a man-to-man level. You look at them like the way you'd want to be looked at. You talk to them the way you want to treat your mom. Like I say to people, my mom worked for the IRS. If if The stuff that you people are sending to these IRS agents, if you were talking like that to my mom by kicking your teeth, you're talking to somebody's mama. Like that. You better be nice. That might be somebody's mom named Carl Lentz's mom, but I'm going to find you and kick your teeth. You better be nice. You, you don't talk to my mom. Don't you threaten my mama. Just because she's an IRS agent. Don't, don't, don't you? She's still a woman. So when I get people to understand, look, you're still talking to somebody's mama. You're still talking to somebody's brother. You, somebody, you don't talk like that. And when you start talking to these people like as, as a man, as a woman, you will not believe how they'll remember you and how they like, holy crap. And they'll pass the letter around and say, holy shit, look at this letter. What did you get? Oh, my God, that's too funny. What do we do? I don't know. I never got such a nice letter. Is he killing us with kindness or is this guy for real? I don't know. So it just makes them like, what the fuck do we do with this? And that's the way I do it, man. It's just total, just killing the kindness, man. Just killing the kindness. They don't know what to do. They know how to do with all that other crap that who's ever teaching you all this other crap. They know how to deal with that. They just lawyer up on you. But talking man to man, they don't have an effing clue. They're like, what do we do? I don't know. He seems like a nice guy. I don't know. Is he, is he for real? Is he just bullshitting us? Is this a trap? Is this a... What? And that's what I like to do it to them. Man, I just love it. Because they have no idea where this is going. Especially when they start committing extortion and communicating threats by saying, if you don't do this by this time, I'm going to do this. Oh, good. Now I got you. I got proof of extortion. Oh. Lovely. So I'm, I'm talking to IRS uh, agent Campino. If I don't pay you this amount of money by this amount of time, you're going to do this to me. Oh, 
Thank you, Mr. Agent Gambino. No, my name is Susie Cupcake. Eh, Susan Cupcake Gambino. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just committed extortion, honey. You just threatened a man. You said, if I don't give you a certain amount of money by a certain amount of time, you're going to take my car and break my legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, I know what a Gambino is because my sister married one. So you're a Gambino. Okay, let's wrap it up. All right. All right, appreciate it. All right, before you wrap it up, I'm going to hook up my computer real quick and uh, log on because I just want to see what the chat board looks like. I can't do the same thing at the same time, you know what I'm saying? I know. That's that's so inconvenient. Well, can you leave the... Um, well, no, you can't. Leave I'll leave it up for you. I'm not... It's, go ahead. I'll, I'll leave. Go ahead and log off. Thanks, Carl. I appreciate your time and for coming on and sharing yeah, all your energy and... Yeah, it really was uh, just bail on. I was I was just gonna say, look at my picture of the lady that I went to Washington D C for the other day and we established yeah. on court, which I guarantee, like I said, when once you guys realize what I did, you guys won't you know, like holy crap, you know, and I wanna see your it's like it's like it's like it's like it's like Rosa Parks sitting on a bus, you know, like you actually got a, a black lady to get her own court established in this country. Yes. You wouldn't understand what that means. No, mm-hmm. not yet. That's right. No, not yet. It's like that black lady sat on a bus seat for the first time. You know, I'm like, so what? Yeah, well, you, you guys don't see means if she pulls <laughs> But she's it's part of worried that... Uh, I want to find out. I want to know. I want to be updated on that case. Yeah, but part of me is worried that she's just going to take the child and go. If they say, look, she's got us, you know, she's got us for the short ones uh, you're fading out. Are you on the computer now? You no, know, not yet. But what I'm saying is I'm worried that the lady, they're just going to give her back a kid. And she, once they give her back a kid, she can't move the court anymore. The court's over. Because you can't claim any more that's due. And the only thing that's due is a kid. So once they give her back a kid, if they say, uh-oh, this lady's got us like in a, she's got us in check. She doesn't have a checkmate, but she's got us in check. And there's no way out. This lady's going to control this court. We're all going down. So part of me is thinking that they're just going to give her back a baby and say, look, we'll give you back your baby, but you've got to do this, 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 this. You've got to do this, 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 and this. And she's going to say, oh, you're just afraid because I've got my own court going. It's like, court? Your own court? Oh, please. We're not worried about that. We just realized that, you know what? We had you missed, uh, we, we had you uh, confused with another woman. No, no, you're a nice lady. But you know what? You still have to let us do home inspections, and you still got to do this. But, you know, and we'll give you back your kid immediately. And I guarantee she'll say, sorry, Carl, I just want my kid back. I don't want to do like you did for six years just to prove a point. I want my kid back now. So she gets a kid back, the court's over. Now she can make a claim for compensation for uh, them taking her kid, but she's going to have to open up a separate court for that. Right now she's just making a claim for the property. Now she's going to make a claim for the damages while... That's a whole other claim she's got to file. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to see that one coming, and that one's going to be a lot harder for her to get through. So a part of me is thinking she's just going to get the kid, and everybody's going to be like, yay, Carl, you got another kid back. It's like, ah, damn, no. Nah. The kids are a dime a dozen. Everybody gets the kid back. That's not a big trick. The big trick is to actually have a court, move a court, and control the court. That's the fun part. Get the governor in there. Get the man who's acting as the attorney general in there. Get the man who's the commissioner in there. Get the man who's the sheriff show people that these public servants can be called into your court. 
And then I'm sure they say, just give it back a kid. You know, she's a nice black lady. She's a nice little black kid. You know what? Eh, dime a dozen. Eh, who cares? Just give it back a kid. We'll go get it on the next kid. We'll promise the foster care parents adoption of the next kid. Whoopie do. You know, and it's like, lady, it's like, I know if she takes the kid, you know, this whole showing people how to move the court and how to get the man who's acting as sheriff, the man who's the governor, strip them of their titles and get them to stand into your court as a fellow man and hold them liable for what they've done to you and your child and your property all this time, that would be amazing to watch. And I'm sure they're going to realize, holy crap, um, just like they did with Jonathan and Jesse, and Jesse just, she was the last one to talk that day. She pointed and said, I was robbed by that woman. And I ought to either stole my property. And the judge said, don't you want to know why she robbed you? And she said, I don't care why, you know, robbery is wrong. If you jumped over this bench and raped me, rape is wrong. Wrong is wrong. Do your job. Stole my property. And uh, the Crown came out the next day when they were, the judge went in recess that for the rest of the afternoon. The next morning, the Crown said, if they were scared, you know, who put this? And then Jesse was like, well, she wrote it. It's like, you know what this means? It's like, you got to give us back our property. No, that's not what it means. you got to give us back our children. That's not what it means. You realize what this what this piece of paper says. She's like, you just got to give us back our children. No, no. Well, the Crown prosecutor said, well, whoever wrote this, tell them we're scared shitless. Okay? And when do you want your kids back? Because what I wrote for that lady has nothing to do with getting her child back. It, it, okay, yeah, great. You're going to get the kid back. But you really know what you're holding in your hand. And Jesse didn't understand what she was holding in her hand. And this black lady, I guarantee she has no clue what she's holding in her hand. I know what she's holding. And eventually, like I said, the, the judge explained to the Crown Prosecutor and the 20 witnesses, the, you know, the five cops, the social workers, the guardian at items, the lawyers for the other kids. He explained when he went at the recess, you understand you're all accessories after the fact of a robbery. I have to report every single one of you people as accessories to the crime of robbery. And they removed all their affidavits from the case file. All the cops, everybody, they removed everything from the case file. It's that powerful what that lady's holding. Now you guys are like, well, she got a kid back. What do you do? That's one kid out of millions. They're going to keep doing it. Because a million women are going to have to learn how to open up their own courts, which is going to be impossible for me to do. Just teach a million women how to open up their own damn court. But if one woman could show how it was done, the media is going to pick up on it. They're going to be like, what did you do? Did you just summons the governor? Did you just summons the sheriff? Did you just summons the attorney general? Did you just summons the commissioner? No. I summons the man who acts as a commissioner. I summons the governor who acts as a commissioner. I, su- I can't summons the governor. That's impossible. I can't summons the attorney general. That's impossible. By some of the man. And the people on TV are going to be like, yeah, we've seen all these fancy people coming up to this courthouse. In your courthouse? No, no, not my courthouse. It's the district courthouse. It's my court. I'm the Molinera court. They all had to appear before me. What? Yeah, it's my court. They had to answer to me. Why? Who are you? I'm a woman. What does that make you? Mm, pretty damn powerful, you know. Uh, I think the Constitution says uh, we're like uh, sovereigns and you're our subjects and our servants. And yeah, I think you have to answer to us. We're like kings here, every one of us. Really? Yeah, and you're public servants. So, yeah, and I explain to them how the law of this land works. So, see, what she's holding is extremely powerful. I think she's just going to be happy to get a kid back when she doesn't realize what she could accomplish and how many people and how many like black kids, she gets let free if she just 
understood and really cared about other people other than herself, which I guarantee she doesn't. I guarantee she just cares about getting her own damn kid back. And that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm different than a lot of people because I could have gotten my kids back. I could have blinked my eyes and got my kids back. That's how simple it was to get my kids back. They just wanted to get my kids to hell back to me. So I'd let them, let the state of Alabama alone. I said, oh, no, this fight ain't over. I said the same thing to my kid the other day. I said, look, this fight isn't over. I said, I haven't, I haven't hugged my kids yet. I haven't kissed my kids. I haven't, I haven't bonded with my kids. I've been here since uh, March. Uh-uh. I said, kid, this fight ain't over. As far as I'm concerned, you're still in Alabama, and I'm still fighting. I said, I'm not giving up. I said, this ain't never going to happen again. I said, not while I could do so about it. I'm going to make sure this ain't going to happen again. I'm not going to get comfortable. I'm not going to play daddy. I'm not going to hug you. I'm not going to kiss you. I'm not getting involved with you guys. I said, I still got to fight. I said, once the fight's over, I'll come home. But until then, I'm still fighting, kid. I ain't giving up. I said, I got things to do still. I said, so my kids understand. Like I said, my mom, uh, my brother said to me, hey, we woke up one Saturday morning. Your kids were watching you on that big screen TV downstairs on YouTube. I said, yeah, they can watch me more on YouTube than they see me living right next door to them. So they said they know what their dad's doing. So like I said, I hope this lady understands, you know, the power she has and what she can accomplish. But I think she's just going to be happy to get a kid back and go on with her life. I really do. And if they give her a little bit of pocket change, she's definitely going to fail. She can kill me. But, well, oh, make well. sure you clue her in on what she's got. What, what I she try to, but people, people, when somebody tosses you, uh, you know, somebody tosses you a, a bag of beans and say, here you go, here's a million bucks and here's your kid. That's what they offered me. And my sister said, take the money, take the money. And I had to put the phone on mute and I told my sister, would you shut the F up? <laughs> I said, this ain't about the money. I said, this ain't, they're going to keep doing this. I said, you don't understand, this is pocket change now. This state's worth $38 billion. I said, that's what they even have in the books. I said, stop. This this is dropping a bucket to them. This means nothing. And then what about all those other kids they got that they're doing this to? I said, no. I said, no, it don't end this easy. No, we're not just going to get paid off and walk away. I said, it, it, it ain't over that easy. I said, you know, we got to make a, you know, I got to make them understand that you got to stop doing this. This is just wrong. You know, you guys know what you're doing. And this is just evil. This is just horrible. So it gave me a reason to do something else other than just, you know, worry about watching Dancing with the Stars and watching the kids play soccer. So it gave me something else to do. Oh, Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing it. I'm sure a lot of other people are glad you're doing it also. You taught us all a lot, you know? Yeah, well, give me give me five. Let me hang up and give me five minutes to log on, as you know, and I'll I'll log on and I'll tell you I'm there. So uh, let me just right right now. All right. Good night. All right. Yeah, just hang on for five minutes, though. Don't, don't. All right. I, I won't hang up. All right. Goodbye. Have a good one. Good night. Have a good weekend. <laughs> so we'll stay on here. I won't even end the recording because I'm not sure if, if I end the recording, if he will still be able to log back in. But uh, so let me see here. Where is he? Sorry, Akila. I just now seen your hand is up. Sorry, he's logging off. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Okay. Just what? wanted to make a little announcement, if you don't oh. mind. What? Uh, oh, you know, I'm going to Canada uh, next week. You're going to uh, Canada? Correct. Oh, how exciting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm. And I should what? be there a week, and... 
There you go. Oh, just a week, huh? Just a week is good enough right now. Yeah, you should be there at least 10 days if you really want to check it out. But now it's getting to be winter. It's freezing there, so maybe not. Not a good time of the year. <laughs> there you go. Looking yeah. for Carl here. I don't see him. Is he logged in yet? No, he's not. So I guess he's trying. You going to go there to help somebody, or uh, you going for a trip for a vacation? Vacation, but if anybody needs some help, if I can help them, I will. But that's not my main purpose of going. I'm just going on vacation for right now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm jealous. <laughs> Come with me. Yeah, I wish I could. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, no, I can't. All right. I have too um, many responsibilities here. and. Oh, yeah. Got to take care of business here. Carl, are you coming on this this <clears throat> chat room or what? What's he doing? Uh-huh. I had to go make a pee break first. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, but I've got the recording. It's still going. And all right, well, go ahead. Uh, I'll stay here. Well, I'm 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 waiting. I have to wait for him to come on. He said five minutes. Well, hasn't it been five minutes? I don't think so. Maybe three. Oh, okay. Well, you can go and come back. Yeah, I I don't have to terminate. Let's see. I can stop the recording. Let me end the recording, but uh, I'm not going to terminate the call. I'll leave it on here. So, all right, everybody, it's been fun. Good night. God bless you. I love you, and uh, see you you next time. Bye-bye. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.